Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 54 of the Galen Trombley Show, I have Ashley Moeller in studio. Um, we had a great conversation. I told her, I think about two, way, two, I don't know, probably two-thirds of the way through the podcast, that she is the closest resemblance to me when it comes to business mindset that I've had yet out of 54 episodes. Um, so that is, I it, totally enjoyed this conversation. She's a super smart girl, and I hope you guys enjoy episode 54 of the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Okay, how, now we're rolling, but you can keep talking. How did you get those macros? Um, I had a friend that gave them to me a few years back, a couple, like a year or two back, and okay. I just kind of wanted to go back because it's like my baseline number. And then as I start doing more stuff, then mm-hmm. like as I start like. Getting to the, basically what happens, I track my macros as soon as that I start to get to the point where it's not enough. Because what's going to happen is you, I'm going to basically get down to the weight or like leanness that I want. And mm-hmm. then you're going to get kind of like tired, more tired, like working mm-hmm. out and stuff. And then that's when you start bumping up calories and just start at that point increasing the energy you need. Yeah. So you have to increase the food. Well, because I feel like you should have more protein and more carbs, like way more. Mm. Because you need the energy if you're lifting. And you need the protein to build your muscles. No, that's what I have left today. Oh, that's what you have left. I thought that was your total. I have 78 protein left today. Oh, okay. I was going to say, hmm, Hmm. that's not that much protein. You're right. Hello, everybody. Um, (laughs) This is episode 54. Sorry, I'm eating an apple because we just talked about trying to get, make sure I eat. I'm trying to track my food. I got off the wagon. I went nine, nine weeks without going to the gym. Nine weeks without really like watching what I ate. Ate decent, but not like great. Um, and I'm stretching and I'll talk about all this stuff later because this is my big last two and a half week push. So right now I have a mouthful of apple. So sorry, but tis the season. So today, episode 54, we have Ashley Muller on the show. I met Ashley through a networking group that we are both a part of. And, um, I don't know. She's cool. I like her. It's fun (laughs) to talk to. Um, also her titles are beauty, beauty consultant and senior sales director at Mary Kay. I know nothing about makeup and I did not bring Ashley on because I really have like, not in a bad way, just like I don't know a lot about makeup. The one thing I like is that she's, I mean, she's a little bit older than me, but that's all right. Okay. But, six months. But six months. But <laughs> the one thing I like about you is you're a young professional that to me is in a position that you're in, I believe hundred percent commission based mm-hmm. and I'm hundred percent commission based. So you and I, I know, have a lot in common, which I want to talk about. And I just like the fact that you are, you know, you have to work every day at what you do. And I think we have a lot of similarities. And she just crashed our party on Realty Talk. And she came up with a couple points that I already know this is going to be a great conversation. So, Ashley, for people who did not know you, so I can finish my apple too, tell people who you are, mm-hmm. how you got to the area, and how you became 2019 Ashley. Go ahead. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a lot. All right. So, Ashley Muller, um, I do have two titles. One is senior sales director and one is beauty consultant. So the difference between those two are the beauty consultant portion is like the part of my business where I help customers. So I solve their problems, all of that. And then the senior sales director portion is 
the group of women that I have underneath me that I basically mentor. So my commission, I am 100% commission based and it's two parts though. So it's commission off people that are underneath me and then commission off my sales. So I have two pieces of that. Um, geez, how I got to the area. So I'm from Malone. Yeah. Yeah. And we know the quote, we know the quote. So we, don't, we probably don't need to repeat it. <laughs> I'd never heard the quote until you said the quote. We won't say the quote. Yeah, That's we won't right. say the quote. But anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm from Malone. And I actually came out to Plattsburgh right away after high school to go to college. And I just never left. I mean, Plattsburgh is a really good area. So I just stayed around. And um, that was pretty much that. And how I kind of got into this piece is I graduated from Plattsburgh State. Oh, my gosh. This was a long time ago. 2012 very old. And I have two degrees. So I have accounting and I have business administration. So my original goal, did we take classes together? We might've. Really? Yeah. I graduated supply chain management at the same time. I took supply. I mean, obviously I took supply chain management. Yeah. I bet you we were in the same class like we probably eight were. years ago. Who was your professor? Do you, I mean, a couple of them. My, uh, my advisor was Brian Neuruther. Um, uh, whatever. Keep going. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Um, so I graduated with those two and originally I had wanted to be a CPA. So that was exactly what I was doing. And then, um, I graduated and in order for me to get a job, in order for me to get a job, (laughs) we're having paper towel problems here. Um, I would have had to move because there's not very many accounting firms here. Like for you to get a CPA position, it's, it's pretty difficult. So, I wasn't ready to move yet. And so I ended up working at the county clerk's office. So I know basically my real estate experience would be I've processed mortgages and deeds and, la- and surveys. Were you in the real property office? No, I was down in the clerk's office, but we had, we had access to the real property system. So I was always in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I started working there and you know, it was, it was great, but my student loans, they were just way too much. And so I needed something on the side. And so that's how I got into Mary Kay. And then it just kind of turned into what I least expected. I mean, we, after, I think it was about 13 months was when I earned my first free Mary Kay car, which was awesome. Um, and car? then, yep, yeah, my car. So my car, I don't pay for. Oh, dope. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Um, I earned that. And then after that, I just kind of kept going. We earned our second car. I became a sales director, which is the position that I'm in now. Um, I had an offspring, so that sounds like I had a child, but I didn't, I just basically, I mentored. So actually one of my really good friends, his name is Corey Aiken. So he is one of the only, there's not very many men in Mary Kay and he does an awesome job. So I mentored him Lo- up. local, local. Or? Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool. He lives in Dannemora. Um, and I mentored him to basically have the same position as I did. So I have an offspring. So that's what makes me the senior. Um, and then I actually quit my, I quit my full-time job at the County my gosh, this was about two and a half years ago because I was able to build my business up. And I just love the idea of entrepreneurship because you're in total control, which is going to be the same for you too. And so that's pretty much how we got here. I mean, it's, it's been awesome. And you know, there are struggles with being an entrepreneur, but it's totally worth it for sure. I love it. Okay. So one thing I've had a few people on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that's different is there's not many like true people that are 100% commissioned that are our age because mm-hmm. it's tough to do. Mm-hmm. It's now how long have you been in Mary Kay? Five and a half years. Okay, so it took me it took me the three and like the three years to build it up to that, and it was it was a lot of work and three years to go full time. Yes. Okay. Yep. Keep keep going. I love it. Yep. 
Um, and basically what I did was I just kept doing what I know that I needed to do, but I had a plan. So I had a savings account and I, I saved up four months of bills because I think there's two types of people. And actually, Corey, my offspring can kind of attest to this because we both quit our jobs at the same time. Um, he did it. His personality type, he just he just wrote us two weeks notice and quit. Me, I needed to plan. I planned from August until March and I saved up enough money to have four months of bills stocked away in case something happened. Because you just never know. I mean, sales is so up and down and you have to have a backup. Well, for me, I need a backup. That's just part of my personality. But yeah. So... So, okay. So the one, one thing I love that you said five and a half years, the one thing I tell every new agent, this is before I even heard this from you. I always tell them it's gonna be three years before you mm -hmm. go full time. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. That is so funny. Yeah. And I, I don't know what, and, I, and you can pull, I wish Ellie was here to hear this. Uh, like one, when someone comes in to get into real estate, I literally read them the riot act because mm -hmm. I, I hate people that get into real estate and it, they give them this like beautiful picture of like, you're going to be selling all these houses and and I'm like, you're not going to be selling the lakeside homes in Plattsburgh. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this nine years. The amount of homes I've sold on the lake, one or two max. And the reason being is, again, I'm 29. I've been doing it since I was 20, 21. Um, you know, not many people that have lakefront properties are people my age and they're usually older. So what do they have? They have relationships with older agents. Mm -hmm. They have more trust in agents that have been around for a long time. And what's happened is, over a lot of hard work in eight years and, or nine years now of building up my reputation, now I'm getting those calls. And, and it's not as much as, even though like I look at my, my stats right now where I am, I'm at the top and I hope to finish the year at the top. I, will it happen? I don't know, it could. I'm gonna be pretty damn close if not. But the idea is like I can now prove like, hey, here's my track record. I actually know what I'm doing. That's gonna slowly lead to building, building, building. That whole thing right there is told to people all the time that you're going to be this top person and mm -hmm. to me that's bullshit because you got to look at it as you are bottom and you can definitely get there but it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of hard work mm -hmm. even though you are your own boss which i'm going to talk to you about um i always tell them it's three years and it's three years of doing what i'm telling you to do mm -hmm. and putting in the time not hey i'm in real estate and all of a sudden i'm like hey what are you doing this afternoon uh, I don't know. I'm hanging out at the house. Okay. Well, what are you doing to like, you have free time, either shadow me, watch videos, mm -hmm. watch, um, you know, read stuff, just learn about real estate, like literally assimilate yourself into as much real estate as possible. Learn the lingo, go to on appointments with me, literally sit on my couch here or in a chair or whatever, and watch me just call people and email and text and do all that stuff. And then ask like, why'd you say this? Why'd you say that? Like learn the business, mm -hmm. come on appointments with me like that whole process will take you three years to go full-time so for you the three-year thing i love that that you said three years what was those first three years like for you well i was still working my full-time job mm -hmm. so it was i mean for the first year i was i was a beauty consultant and then for the second two years i did all of it so i was the sales director the beauty consultant and i was working full-time and so it was all about structuring my week. Like we teach, we teach our consultants like time management, how to do all of that. But I was, I was busy and not busy in a bad way, but it's almost like your sacrifice. It's like a short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain. And what there was one quote that I heard while I was doing this, while I was really working towards it, that just kind of stuck with me because I'm, I'm like a summer person. I love summer. Like if it could be summer all year long, I'd be happy. I don't know why I live here. Plattsburgh's just so good that it, that I sacrificed that. Um, but there were summers that I 
wasn't hanging out at the beach and I wasn't hanging out outside. I wasn't doing all of that. And so the quote was, you have to sacrifice a day at the beach to have the beach house. And so I, that just stuck with me and I, you know, I just kept going and it was a lot of work and it was worth it for sure. And and what do you think? I I love what you just said, that whole thing. Um, the, so the first three years, and again, I tell these people when I say three years, you're working another job, whether that's, that's probably most likely a full-time job Mm -hmm. and you're doing this on the side, same thing. You're going to work you're going to go from your 40-hour work week to now a 60 to 70-hour work week with real estate being 20 to 30 week hours. And then slowly, once you get to, you know, you can get to the point where now you can punt the other 60 and now turn real estate into probably a 40 to 50 to 60-hour week, depending on how much you want to put towards mm-hmm. it. And then just do whatever you want. I mean, at that point, how much time you want to devote to it. So for you making the sacrifices, what... Like what were a couple of the keys to success for you? Because it's tough to get into it. And I, and I, without asking or without knowing and just kind of assuming, I'm sure there were days where you were like, should I do this? You're mm-hmm. a lot of self self doubt. Like, mm-hmm. am I good enough? Am I going to be able to make my next bills? Am I going to be, I mean, I, I, there were times not too long ago, maybe five years ago, I was literally looking at my credit card mm-hmm. statement to see if I had cash back on a credit card mm-hmm. because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay next month's bills. Mm -hmm. And I've always persevered through that. Now I'm like at the first point in my career where I really feel comfortable. Like now I'm supporting myself, but I'm supporting, you know, a family of four. Mm -hmm. My wife works, but she stays home a lot of the time. So really I'm doing everything for that. So for me, there's always a financial like fear that Mm -hmm. you're, because again, I'm not guaranteed a paycheck tomorrow like at all. So for you, like, what was your, what's your secret to success over those first three years? Like, how do you get into a full-time commission-based job? Mm -hmm. I think there, there's kind of a a few like key things would be, this is probably going to sound weird, but it's actually, it's not weird because a lot of people do it, but having a really good morning routine (laughs) and in that morning routine, like, I don't know if you've heard of, um, the miracle, the miracle morning. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have. Hello Um, or whatever. Yes. Yep. And like reading, for example, I was reading every morning to keep my head in the game, all of that. I was being held accountable to a mentor all the time, mm-hmm. all the time, super important. And even, I feel like that's important when you haven't done what you're supposed to be doing and you can, you just have to say it out loud and allow that feedback and that coaching from them, but being held accountable to a mentor. Um, and I, there's, so there's like an emotional cycle when you become an entrepreneur and that first part is like, you're excited, you're, you know, you're energized, you're excited. And there's actually a four step process and I can't remember what it is, but it's like uninformed optimism is the first step. And then you start to become an informed pessimist because you start to gather all these things that are happening. Like, Oh, this, maybe this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be, or this is a lot tougher than I expected or whatever. And then, um, there comes a point in your, in your emotional cycle and people can go through this daily. It's just how you manage it and how long you allow yourself to stay in that, you know, one spot where you feel like you might want to quit or you just need to keep going. And so it's just a lot of emotional management and realizing that you just have to continue like one foot in front of the other. Like even if it doesn't seem like it's coming together, you just have to keep doing activity, like whatever you're supposed to be doing, just go do something and then it will, it'll happen. So do you, do you think that like, what do you, that we all have self doubt Mm -hmm. I've there's, I'm a very optimistic person. I have self-doubt every, I mean, it's not as frequent as it used to be, but it still creeps in. Um, 
So for you, like, what what was your weight? Like, how did you push through that? When the days where you were probably like, hey, I don't think I can do this full time. I'm mm-hmm. going to go back to working at the county. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you had all these thoughts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I and it's not. I mean, there's times like, should I just go get a salary job that I know I'm going to be guaranteed as long as I show up the next day? Mm-hmm. So what what kept you? What pushed you through that? I think so. Honestly. Well, okay, so there's a couple of things that I can think about. And I remember one time before I actually quit my full-time job, I remember there being a point where I, for three solid days, and this is the longest that I had ever been stuck in that emotional cycle like that, I thought, you know what? I get paid no matter how much work I do when I come here. You know, I'm still going to do all my work. I can give 100%, but maybe this is easier than being an entrepreneur and going out on my own. And it was just keeping in motion was that piece. But once I became full-time working for myself, I specifically remember a day, like I'll never forget, I was driving down the road and I was actually going to lunch with Corey because he just called me and said, hey, you want to go to lunch? I'm like, sure. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I was working for someone right now, I can't just get up and leave and go to lunch. And I'm like, I can never go back to working for someone. Like I have to be my own boss. I just have to. And so it's kind of like once you get that freedom, it's it's for me, it's hard to think about going back so so when i so i served my first job ever i've had two jobs i served ice, <laughs> ice cream, cream. <laughs> yep, yeah. from 14 to 20 and w- we kind of talk about it when i was little like a younger you know in high school i didn't see it as much and when i became like a senior and started going to college and i, I did it for a couple years of college i obviously got a little bit smarter and more mature and i was kind of sitting there one day and i was contemplating and i'm like man it's it's really nice out and i'm working from one to nine and it's sunny out, and I'm not a sun person. My friends will tell you that. Um, I'm, I'm a ghost. I'm about That's as white sad. as you can get. Um, <laughs> but it was the idea. I'm like, man, I'm missing out on mm-hmm. soccer. I'm missing out on friends. I'm missing out on family dinners. I'm missing out on whatever that would be during that time frame. Um, so my thing was like, this kind of sucks, you know. Like I, I don't mind working. I have a very good work ethic. But I'm like, I'm here for eight hours, and how many hours am I actually working? Meaning, mm-hmm. like, out of the eight hours, how much of it is actual work time? Maybe three, f- maybe four. Like, even on a really busy, hectic day, out of eight hours, you're probably talking four hours to five hours. And that's, like, with the evenings being slammed. The rest of the day, there's a lot of dead time. Meaning, mm-hmm. you, like, you stock the machines, you clean them, you you um, obviously serve clients or customers. But what happens is there's a lot of times I was just sat there reading a book or a magazine or we came up with a million dumb games to pass the mm-hmm. time. But I'm like, man, why couldn't I just, and I remember saying this, I'm like, why couldn't I work three hours, come in at one and leave at four and do the same amount of work in three hours and have five hours to do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And I had this idea of like, I was probably 18. And I was a weird 18 year old in the sense <laughs> I was like thinking way down the line. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that and, I'm, and my dad has been in real estate for, uh, got over th- almost 35 years now. And at no point in my career, or in my, in my life, did he ever say, you should go into real estate? He never even had that conversation with me. And it, I remember it was my going into my junior year of college. I was like, hey, this, that summer, I was like, this this kind of blows. I don't want to do this anymore. I said, can I get my real estate license? And I, I fully thought it was a stepping stone just to buy out a few years to, before I graduated and did whatever. Mm-hmm. And my first year of real estate, I sold three homes. I made just as much money as I would have done selling um, uh, ice cream all summer, and I worked probably 50th of the hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of looked at it, I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Kind of the same thing. I was my own boss. But then what happened was as life hits you a little harder, you know, you start having more responsibilities, um, you know, 
I'm independent. I have to buy my own healthcare, which sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's a big fee. I mean, all these things that pop up that I constantly was getting, okay, now you have an apartment. Okay. Now you have a house. Now you have a car. Now you have a rental. Now you have like all this stuff. And I'm like, then it like kind of lights a fire. Now I'm to the point where now I have two kids. So I'm like, okay, well, if dad doesn't like do his stuff, he's not, these kids aren't going to get what they need to get. And, um, so there's a ton of motivation for me, but the idea was, like you said, being your own boss, to me, I'm the same. I can't work for anybody. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I'm not a good person. I can't take direction. I can do all that very well. Mm -hmm. The problem is my mind is racing 29 hours out of a day. You know what I mean? It's just always going. Like my when I'm sleeping, it, I'm sure it's still thinking. I know it is. I've woken up at night <laughs> and sent myself emails to remember stuff the oh next morning. Gosh. Yeah. But, but the thing is, like, I find that... Like, my job, real estate, is like a drug to me. Mm -hmm. I get like such a high from like every day, and it's the same thing. It's helping people. It's problem solving. It's building stuff. It's working on projects, and for me, in having the freedom, like I started a podcast because one, I wanted to do it, and two, I can use it for marketing, and three, I get to meet a lot of cool people. And you're like, yeah, when can you do it? We're pretty flexible with time. Mm -hmm. um, so 100, percent I think that's the benefit. Now, with that being said, what is your because people look at being their own boss. People screw that up very fast mm -hmm. because I got all the freedom in the world. I am my, I am the hardest boss. I'm like, you're, you are your own hardest boss. Mm -hmm. My standard, my level that I strive to be at is so high that I really can't take a day off. And that's right. just the level I set. Nobody's setting that level for me. It's mm -hmm. literally in my, it's like a complex in my head that I have to hit. So what is your, how have you like, tell me your time management, tell mm -hmm. me your strategies, yeah. tell me what you've done to be your full-time boss because it's not easy as no. people think it is. No, it's not. And I will be the first person to tell you that the answer is not more time. Like you don't need more time to be more successful because I was doing the same amount of work when I only could do it for five hours a night that I was doing in a whole entire week. And when I, I remember the first day that I woke up and I didn't set an alarm. I woke up and I was like, well, this is great. And now I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? with my day because you're so used to somebody telling you, okay, you work nine to five and this is what you do between those hours and this is where you are. And so it was hard and it was definitely a struggle to try to figure out when I was going to wake up, what am I going to do? And I, I learned very quickly that I still needed to get up early. I still needed to have structure to my day because I can't really work without structure. I know some people can, but I'm not one of those people. So what I, usually do is I try to get up early. I try to still do the miracle morning, like do all of those things. And I still go to the gym. Like I get that out of the way, but it's taking the rest of my day and it's, it's figuring out like, okay, do I want to work an eight hour, an eight hour Mary Kay day? So then I need to be doing things that are income producing. So like, think about activities that you do that are income producing. So for me, for example, if I'm putting product on someone, if I'm, you know, delivering product and getting, you know, names in return, that's income producing. If I'm making a packet of something that's not making me any money. And so for like those things, I delegate those to an office assistant because those are things I don't need to be doing. They're definitely necessary for business, but I don't need to be doing them. Do you have an assistant that works with you locally or just nationally? So locally. Um, I did. And if, if she listens to this, that'd be awesome. But Alyssa, um, for debt, she worked with me in my office for a little while and I loved her. She was so sweet and, um, she's not working with me anymore, but just because she got her full-time job and all of that. But I do have this other girl, Juliana, who comes in and she just works with me a couple of times so far, but it's definitely helpful because they can be doing like sending emails, like just things that I don't really need to have my finger on, 
but that they can do making packets, for example. Um, and so I have, we use this thing called the six most important list and it's, a, I don't remember who came up with it, but Mary Kay always taught it when she was alive. That was like one of her secrets to success is having a six most important list for your business and a six most important list for your personal life. Like doing the dishes does not go on your business, six most important list. And you just take like, if you had a, I have an actual sheet of income producing activities take that and put that into your six most important list and then structure that throughout your day, like schedule it in. Like if you need to make a delivery, like that gets scheduled it, because if you just go about it haphazardly, I feel like you miss like so much time goes by. You, you look at the clock, it's like 3 PM and you have no idea what you did that day. So it's just having structure to it. And I, t- I mean, I take days off. I know you probably don't take days off. <laughs> I do. I do yeah. Um, but I do take days off like Sunday, for example, I might not be checking anything like we use something called Voxer. I don't know if you've ever used it it's like before. A contact manager. It's like a walkie talkie app. Okay. So yeah, you can like I, talk I don't to people. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> cause you know, like, channel one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I might not even be checking that because it's important to have, you know, that, that time with your family or, or whatever, Unplugged. but being one, yeah. And yeah. being 100% because so like a secret, I guess would be being 100% like all in for your business when you're working. And then when you're with your family, you're 100% with them. You're not, you know, doing multiple things at once because I feel like it can, if it gets too mixed, then it's almost like you weren't really doing either because mm-hmm. multitasking is really not a thing. Mm-hmm. You can't give 100% to more than one thing. I agree. You'd be splitting it up. So, um, I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you, Ash. <laughs> um, so, cause everything you're saying literally to me, it's like, I, I take it like for granted cause I, everything makes sense. I'm like, yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. hundred percent. So the, the time management thing, I, I work in time blocks, mm-hmm. meaning I say time blocks. Like I, I was taught, my dad taught me break everything down into like two hour time blocks. Well th- that works, but my day is too hectic to break them down into two hour time blocks, but it could be anywhere from a half hour up to four hours. Depends on what I'm doing. So I guess my kind of the piggyback off what you say, like I, what I try to do every night is go to bed by 10, mm-hmm. meaning I try my best. And this is the, the hardest thing for me in my whole schedule. And I know it sounds crazy is to go to bed by 10. Mm-hmm. And so this is what my day looks like. And I always start the t- at 10 o'clock the day before is 10 o'clock lights out could be 10, 10, but it's pretty damn close to 10 lights out, sleep, I use the sleep cycle app. If anybody's not no using way. this, it's yeah. don't you use it. No, it's awesome. I'll show it to you after remind, okay. remind me to, to tell you that I'll put a little st- star next to it. Okay. Basically what it does is it, I set my alarm at four fifty five. The reason being is cause I, okay. to go to the gym. Five o'clock club. Yep. Well, just before, just before four fifty five cause it gives me an extra five minutes and I'll tell you why I get need the extra five minutes. So four fifty five. What it does, a sleep cycle app will now track that and it'll wake me up between 425 and 455. The reason being is it tracks your sleep cycle. So when you're in your lightest sleep, that's when your alarm will go off. You hear it right off and you're already in a better uh, better state of being awake. Like how, to, do you, how does it know? It goes by vibration and sound. Do you sound. use like an Apple Watch or No, something? everybody's actually said, you know, do you use Apple Watch or a Whoop Watch or something like that? You literally put it face up, char- put, it, put your charger in face up and just turn like... Put it on whatever lock mode, whatever. Just leave it there, and it tracks noise and vibration. So every time you move and, and do stuff, whatever the senses are, because I think it actually, whatever I don't know, it's way smarter than me. <laughs> it tracks your cycle. So 
I don't know how, because it will actually give you like the bars, like you were in deep sleep, you were up, you mm-hmm. and it'll track it. So I'm like, holy crap. And it'll tell you, okay, I was in bed for six hour, six and a half hours. I slept five hours and 52 minutes because mm-hmm. I was either up or restless or moving around, but you're not technically sleeping. Right. So the good thing is like this morning I got woke up, I woken up at uh, 4.30, like five, something like that, wide awake. Ready to go. Because what happens oh, is like okay. 4.55. Because wow, 4.55, awesome. think about it. If you're like in pretty deep sleep and you get woken up, that's when you feel groggy. Yeah. So what it does is it slowly wakes you up. And all of a sudden you're like 4.35. You're like, I'm ready to go. I've literally had, it, this has been two and a half weeks. I've used it religiously every day. I wake up like ready to go. Like, I feel like this is like a secret. I'll, I can just leave right now. I'm ready. I know. I'll, I'll, <laughs> down, I'll download this for you. So, and I use the free version. I don't even pay for the damn thing. Like it, and, but, it, and I don't know how accurate it is. All I know is over the last two and a half weeks, I've woken up 17 days. Totally fine. Wow. And it, I, like, again, I'm sleeping from 10 to five, which is seven hours. It's not really like I'm just under that. So mm-hmm. I probably sleep about six and a half to seven hours a night, mm-hmm. but I wake up and I feel great. So I don't feel like like if I would have slept eight and woke up in a deep sleep, mm-hmm. I would have felt more groggy. So yeah. I feel great. So, well, sorry. yeah, yeah. sleep. So no, no, keep, you want to say something? No. I was just going to say, it, it's like funny that you say about the 10 PM because today I was just saying to myself, that is the missing piece right now because like right now I'm waking up and I'm tired and I just like cannot get going. I literally have my phone sleep. It's oh 10 o'clock. Gosh, it's an yeah. appointment. People like laugh at my schedule. Sleep. Yeah, no, you got to Sleep all the way to, uh, well, five o'clock, but yeah. So yeah. Cause it's like working backwards. Like I was trying to think what is going on here. And I, it, like I say that I'm going to get ready for bed and then I've got, you know, I've got to wash my face, which takes a little bit of time. You, to, you told us like the proper, <laughs> yeah, but you told us the proper, yeah, we, we talked about washing face after that was yeah. actually kind of cool the way you talked about it. Um, but yeah, so, but then yeah. what happens too is people will scroll on their phone for 45 minutes. And then my, my biggest thing is I would, I would do projects. So do you put your phone away? Yeah, 10 o'clock. Like right I, away. I, I put it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I'm at 10 and I'm like, I want to watch this like little video for five minutes, I'll watch it. But like, I'm very close to 10. It's mm-hmm. 10 to 10, 10. It's not much longer. Um, but, but the whole purpose for me is to, to force myself. Cause I was like, I got to work on projects. I got to do stuff. Like mm-hmm. I would, I'd work till midnight and get up at like five or six. And I'm like, this is, and I wasn't going to the gym cause I was too tired. So basically I'm like, nope, screw it. I got to. I got to prioritize health first and then in the morning. So morning routine. I do that. I get up. All my clothes are all like packed away, ready to go. I literally go into the kitchen. You do that night, the night before? Night before. Like night mm-hmm. before, like 9 o'clock, 9.30. I pack everything real quick. I pack stuff the shower. I pack stuff for the next day. Everything goes there. Go into the kitchen because I don't like to wake anybody up. So I'll roll out of bed, run straight out to the kitchen, um, turn the light, the farthest light on, enough so I can see. I literally start my car, change, and then grab all my stuff out the door at 5.05 every day. It's about an eight to 10 minute ride to the gym. I literally go in the gym and I do like mobility stuff first because I was getting really stiff, especially I sit a lot from either, you know, sitting here in the chair, driving, whatever. So so I stretch, do the workout, do a little bit of like mobility afterwards, shower. I'm usually here in the office by seven. Then I actually do anywhere from like an eight to 22 minute yoga routine because- In here? Yeah, I I got a yoga mat over there. I literally just laid out. Now this is how crazy I am. I can't like like zone down, so I watch YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Like I watch like people's vlogs and stuff like that. So I'm kind of like learning stuff as I'm doing it. So I'm kind of I guess that's my multitasking. But yeah, yeah. honestly, it passes the time, so I don't sit there and feel the that's pain of stretching. That's actually one of the best ways, I guess, to multitask if you're gonna do it. Yeah. So I stretch and I feel great. 
And then I've been tracking my food, so I eat, and then I literally work till about nine o'clock with nobody. Like tomorrow's different because we have our meeting, but typically till nine, maybe even nine thirty, ten, I do not do anything. I literally work in my office, mm-hmm. and then it's like make my calls, and then the second half of the day is all my meetings. That's why I like mm-hmm. podcasts and stuff. They're all in the night, yeah. And then depending on the week, because you kind of talked about it, my Monday through Friday, I really try to be a hundred percent on business wise when I'm at work. But like I'll work till seven, eight at night. Part of the reason, because people always ask, like, you know, why don't you get home at five? Well, one, my job does not allow that. And also, I put a lot on my plate because people look at stuff in the evenings mm-hmm. and things are packed. Um, so, like, I would love to spend five o'clock on with my kids, but then I, but you got to remember, I'm the only one in our family. I mean, again, Gina does work, but she's working much less than she used to because she's watching the kids. So, I do have, you know, a lot on my plate in regards to that in regards to what I want to do with the company. So I really Monday through Friday try to cram as much in. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the time it's like weekends, a lot of it's mostly family. I really don't mm-hmm. do much on weekends. I try not to. Um, but that's how I kind of structure my day. But the morning mm-hmm. routine, like what's your morning routine? Cause I, I find the morning routine is like, mm-hmm. that's my, that's like my time that I fully have control over yeah, because once definitely. calls start coming in, my day could go any direction and like so something that we've always said is nine to nine is people time so you got to get like your morning routine in before nine o'clock um and so basically i i get up and this is something that for the last oh my gosh how how long what what time roughly so okay so i used to no i'm being i'm gonna be honest so before i was like really structured i would get up at five because i wanted to be part of the five o'clock club so that's another thing thing? yeah mary Kay talks about it oh okay i didn't know that (laughs) yeah yeah she was a woman beyond her years so um the five o'clock club and getting up and doing a nap but what i've been doing is i was going to the gym at 8 30 and that was kind of not like screwing me over but kind of because 8 30 i mean i wouldn't get done so i'd get up at seven I would do my other stuff. Like I would read, I would eat breakfast. I would do all of that before I went. I would go to the gym 8.30 to 10. By the time I get home and shower, it's now, you know, before I can have an appointment or I can go do things, it's 11.30. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is actually why today I was thinking about the 10 o'clock going to bedtime. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, what is going on? Like I need to be, go- I need to be getting up early again, but I can't, like I need sleep. 100% mm-hmm. I need it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, my, my morning routine is actually about to change well, back what, to what it was. What do, what do you do? Like, what time do you normally go to bed? Like midnight? It's last night I went to bed at one. <laughs> so, but like the question, I guess, like what's your 10 to one look like? My 10 to one, I usually like to do things during that time that I can't do with people. So like I might, this kind of sounds crazy, but like organize my office a little bit, like get myself organized because I can't work when it's like chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just like part of my personality, which is like called disc personality. I don't know if you've ever heard of D-A-S-C, it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yep. I'm definitely a high C okay. and which I'm, means, I'm an I, yeah. yeah. So you probably can work in chaos. Like you probably have piles of stuff. I'm, I'm actually weird. It works. When I take that course, I'm very even across the board. Oh, okay. I have more I than anything. And as I've last time I took, that was probably seven, eight years ago. Yeah. I'm probably more ID now. Okay. Just yeah. because of the way I had to go in. Um, but I am very much SC. Gotcha. I have a lot of that in me. Yeah. So like my desk right now is giving me anxiety. <laughs> yeah. I have a whole structure system that will take longer than this podcast to tell you about. Oh my gosh. Which is why you see whiteboards and boxes. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, it's good. Um, so, so yeah, so I do those things. Like I get myself organized. I make my list for the next day. Like that has to happen the day before. Um, I, like sometimes I will watch TV. 
That's the time to do it. I can't do it. I can't do it before that because I'm not going to be watching. I'm not judging you. No, it's all good. I'm not going to be watching like, so we watch a lot of, um, what show are we watching right now? It's the one with the girl with the tattoos all over. Um, Blind Spot. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, so I was I'm, thinking girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, no, no. She like wakes up in New York, in Times Square. She has tattoos all over her body and she they have to figure it out. So she gets sent to the FBI and they have to figure out all the tattoos. But anyways, it's pretty good. But I don't watch that during people time. So like that might be something I do after 10. Mm-hmm. But it's the actual going to bed. Like I'm just around doing things. Like that might be when I clean. Mm-hmm. Like I'll do dishes. I'll, you know, do all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Um, but I think... Like when I get home tonight, I already know what my schedule is going to be. Like I'll probably get home around eight ish or so, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit after. I will hang out with the kids slash try to put them to bed or put my son to bed, and then I will probably eat around nine o'clock tonight, mm-hmm. and then I will probably scramble. I write in their journals every night. That's one thing I've always just oh, been consistent. Nice. Yeah, that's my mom. They each have one. Yeah, my mom did that for me growing up, and it was something I really liked. So. Uh, my wife will text me their day every day because I again if I'm not there all day she'll te- she'll give me their text so I get to kind of read what they do every day and then I write in journals like a paragraph per kid every single night um, I have not missed a day wow. from either of their life I mean I once no, granted once two years old but I mean I'm almost two but I mean I got a book about this big and think about each page is probably two to two and a half journal entries so um yeah so basically it's kind of cool because they have no memory right now so i'm kind of giving them their memory back yeah i love that yeah so i I would suggest that's a good idea yeah so if you're ever a kid i I would suggest writing especially as a mom's really nice because obviously you're with the kids a lot Mm -hmm. you know especially in the early stages and it's kind of cool like the first time they did something, the first time it could just be as simple as, Hey, we ran errands and we went and saw the grandparents and we went and saw it. And like, I get, I try to make it semi detailed where, um, like this is the first time you met so-and-so and then like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Or this is the first time you took a step or first time you, whatever. I mean, it's just kind of a highlight reel of their lives, but it's going to be kind of a cool gift. Um, hopefully to give them when, you know, they're older, probably around 18. I want to, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I want to do it the whole time, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it, but 16 more years yeah but that's that's you can do it yeah it's it's work i mean it to be honest it probably takes me a solid 20 minutes a night mm-hmm. and then that will do tonight i'll pack for tomorrow i won't go to the gym tomorrow i take thursdays off because i'm sore as i'll get out but i'll go we have the thing at seven so mm-hmm. um so i'll be there but like that's my night and i i really don't watch tv because when i get home it's like i'll be do the dishes mm-hmm. i'll do little odds and ends stuff and really i'm just kind of rushing to get bed by 10 yeah. tonight might be 10 30 and then but which is fine because I'm not going to wake up at five tomorrow. I'll wake up at probably, you know, to be honest, probably six thirty, six six thirty, six twenty, and we have tomorrow. to be there for seven. <laughs> yeah, I, I roll in the shower. I'm in. Yeah, and out I guess it's easier for you. I'm a dude. Yeah, it's I, I, I yeah, I'll be, and I live five minutes away. Okay. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll probably probably, probably six fifteen. I'll wake up six twenty. Are you going to use your sleep cycle app? I, I literally do. I'll put my sleep cycle at probably like 6.20 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then that's so the worst case. I wake up at 6.20. And then best case, I wake up at like 5 of 6. Mm-hmm. So usually like Thursdays, I like sleep in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's why Wednesday nights, I don't mind going to bed like an extra half hour, hour later. Yeah. So I might stay up till like 10, 30, 11 tonight. Wow. But that's that's it. That's it. So it's pretty rebellious. I know. Get, get, <laughs> getting a little wild. Like even even weekends, I wake up early. Like I'm, yeah. I'm usually here like Sunday mornings. I usually come to the office for probably four hours mm-hmm. before like 
the kids kind of wake up mm-hmm. and I'll work here from six to 10. Nobody's here. I love it. Like my favorite time to so work. So you can get the best work done. Love it. Do you I listen work, to music or anything? Podcasts. Gotcha. Yeah. It could be music. If I really want to zone out, I've been on a big OAR kick lately. What's that? OAR? Yeah. Of a revolution band. Oh. All right. Well, if it doesn't, if it, if the name isn't Jacquees, I don't know who it is. I, true, true, <laughs> true. How'd you? Wh- wh- who is that guy? He's just a rapper. Yeah. Or like a sensual like R and B artist. Sensual, yeah, you can say that. He just kind of. He's got the that. king. He's the king of R and B. No, I'm I'm just playing. He's Ar- pro- he he's really good. He's really good. But I think like Usher is probably the all time king. Usher. Just because he can do it all, like he can. He can do everything. Plus, he can dance. He's like a really good performer. You're so. like you're into rap, right? Hip hop mm-hmm. and rap. Yeah. Were, were you like? Was that always growing up? You're in no. That? And I honestly, I'm not even exaggerating. I like all type t- types of music. The only music I don't like is like really heavy metal. Like you can't understand anything they're saying. Like but, the scream music. Like yeah, ah, yeah. Like, like so, I can't. So it down. Yeah. Well, no. I feel like I like them kind of. I, there's a couple I like, <laughs> yeah. like, like Chop Suey, but there's yeah. See, some of them aren't that bad, but like some that are really that you just can't tell what they're saying. I, I don't like that. But everything from like jazz to <laughs> country to to rap or hip hop or whatever. But mostly, I listen to hip hop and R and B. Like that's just what I. If I'm gonna go on my phone and listen to music, that's probably what I'm gonna listen to. Okay, that's fine. Do you listen? To, I'm like a jam band guy. What's that? Like I'm like jam band, like acoustic rock. I'm like OAR, Dave mm-hmm. Matthews. So Dispatch. Okay, Dave Matthews is good. Yeah, like Dispatch. I like like Grateful Dead, yeah. Fish. Like I I like a lot of the I like the Lumineers. Like I like music that's like folk or light rock kind mm-hmm. of music or like I just call it like hippie rock or jam yeah. bands or something. Like that's my yeah. I like rap and hip hop like. I loved Lil Wayne growing up, like in high school and stuff. Like Wheezy was <laughs> yeah, was yeah. the guy. Um, I don't listen to it enough anymore. Like all the ones, like ninety five triple X is still a thing, right? Like I don't listen to that. I don't listen to the radio. So, but like all yeah. that, like that style of music, like pop music, I don't really know. Yeah. So if I'm like on XM, I, I literally my XM station all summer was the Dave Matthews radio. Yeah. And then if not, it's nineties, two thousands. Yes. Or like maybe like the blend, like the ones that, and then all of a sudden like a song comes on. I'm like, no, and I'll go to yeah. like the Grateful Dead station or something. Yeah, yeah. Or Billy um, Joel. See, I I like all types of music. It doesn't mean that I like actually like it, but like let's say you put Dave Matthews on. Mm-hmm. I would probably sing to it, but it's not like I would ever choose to listen to it, but I'm open. But like I would listen to, I've listened to country recently actually, which I didn't listen to country for probably two solid years. And I just that's put it on. That's all you like, had out there, oh, Malone. Though. No, no, we did. And I listened to country growing up the entire time. But I also listened to like Ja Rule. Like I, I, I listened to a wide variety. But um, country music makes me sad sometimes. Like it's so not that it's depressing, but there's something about it that it makes me want to like. And I don't really want to do this, so that's why maybe I don't listen to it. But it makes me want to go live out in the country on a farm or something and like settle down with a family of like four or five wear your cowgirl boots yeah like it makes (laughs) you want to do that in the moment but my my mood is very like whatever i'm listening to determines my mood or what i actually want to do are you a are you a seasonal weather dependent music person i used to be like i used to listen to country in the winter and then i used to listen to like pop or hip-hop in the summer oh okay so this Exact opposite. My country back in the day, and that yeah. part of this had to do with working at the ice cream stand, but mm-hmm. we, I was like a Labor Day 
I was no, I was like Memorial Day to Labor Day country. Summer was like the country music that mm-hmm. we always listened to. As soon as it started to get, like as soon as Labor Day hit, and I went back to school, started playing soccer again, mm-hmm. it went straight into my jam band music. Yeah. And I would listen to that for the whole winter, and then like end of April, early May, back mm-hmm. on country. Well, I mean, if I think about, because I've been to like, I don't even know how many now, but a lot of Luke Bryan concerts. Not that he's like the best one, but... I saw him 2013's back. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably there. Yeah. Um, I've seen him a few times. I even saw him on Good Morning America, which was really cool because I don't know if you've ever been on a set of any of Oh, you of were shows. in the building watching him. Like, no, it was outside. The, like, on, okay. It was an outside. But I know yeah. I haven't. So, That's Times Square, right? Um, Good Morning America? It was at the park. Uh, Central Park? Yeah. Because they had an outside concert. So we oh. were at the concert, my oh, friend cool. Kayla and I. And... That was really cool because you see them take breaks and they're putting like the makeup on him and then um, they cue you a lot with a lot of things. So they'll tell you, all right, when he comes out, this is what you guys are going to do. So it's like staged, which I never knew Mm -hmm. that was a thing until I went there. Um, and then at the end, which was really, there was a show and I can't remember what it was called. It was some, I think it was called Nashville maybe or something. It was a TV show. They were filming. There was supposed to be a concert in the show and so they took our concert after luke bryan got off stage like the actors came out and if you wanted to stay you could just to be a like a person in the crowd and so yep just to be an extra so um they it was like maybe 30 minutes or something they came out they did their little skit and they would tell you what to do and i don't know it was pretty neat but anyway so him so luke bryan and jason aldean i think jason aldean is the best country singer like That's fine. No. I mean, I like like some of the some of the rest of them, but he their music reminds me of summer, so I can see where where that could come in. Yeah, well, a lot of it's like like I mean, of course, I I grew up in Chase, so you have like dirt roads, you have like mm-hmm. sitting out in your like bed of a pickup truck around yeah. the campfire, like we all did that, you know, having beers with friends, like everybody did did all that stuff, so. Mm-hmm. To me, that's it's relatable. It's relatable to country. Like very rarely do I listen to country, and I'm like, oh man, I remember doing all this stuff in the winter. No, because you're stuck inside. Like yeah, to me, exactly. I was always outside. Like I was very big. I like Luke Bryan. I like Jason Aldean. Not not like crazy, but like Eric Church. I love Eric Church. Mm-hmm. I love Zach Brown. Um, you know Brad Paisley. I, what was, about like the more pop people, like Sam Hunt? <laughs> I don't even know who that is. What? Oh, 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 wait. No, no, no. So I went down to uh, Florida Gators football uh-huh. uh, against Auburn. It was homecoming. They had a thing called a Gator Growl, and Chase Rice played mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, I like him too. And uh, I didn't realize he he um, he writes a lot of music. Mm-hmm. So he wrote "Cruise" by Florida Georgia Line. Oh, really? And I saw them open for Luke Bryan when that song was big. Gotcha. Yeah, which was probably the same concert you went to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then <laughs> that was right after my Drake concert. I went to the Drake first, and then Luke Bryan. <laughs> See, I, I'm one of those guys. Like I I know like a couple Drake songs. <gasps> And I know people like love Drake and I'm like, I, and some of them are good. And then some of them I listen to him. Like, it's just kind of a, he kind of sounds like little Wayne a little bit and it doesn't, I don't know. It's just not my thing, mm. but interesting, but, um, Chase Rice was pretty good. Even mm-hmm. though he's kind of like pop rock country, yeah. he, he sounded like a cool dude, but, yeah. um, no, like I'm not like, I like Taylor Swift back when Taylor Swift was like teardrops cr- on my guitar, teardrops on my guitar, <laughs> yeah. like that time period. Yes, not, me too. not all the music. She comes I miss out her now. when she was like that. When she actually was country. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think like girls, like Carrie Underwood, obviously, um, legit. And I think just because I followed her during the American Idol days. Mm-hmm. And then Miranda Lambert was good. I hate Reba McIntyre. She has way too much twang for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. There's the, the other band, though, that really 
Every September, like clockwork, September, October, I get into a really big luminaire kick. And I, do, and I think because it's the changing of the season. What is this luminaire? Lumineers? Yeah. You don't know them? No. Wait, what? Really? Really. Give me a song. Maybe I'll know it. Like if you just name one. Ready to take my, my thing right off. Um, let me see. If they've sung, if they sang, sung, I don't know which one it is. Sing song. If they sang a song that's been on the radio, then I've then I'll know what it is. I'll play their most well-known song, and then we'll give you the other one. So, but I get in a really big kick with these guys. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch you've heard. This is the biggest. I'm one. sure. Oh yeah, okay. Like of course. Like that's the one, but like this one's a great song. You've heard this one too. I actually really like this song. I think it's pretty simple. Oh, okay, but, yeah. But, okay. So it's very like folky, kind of mm-hmm. like whatever, you know, that that kind of thing. But for me, I don't. I think it's the change of the seasons. It gets kind of rainy mm-hmm. and cool and like fall season. I just kind of feel like it just feels like a little, like summer's done, winter's coming. It's like de- semi-depressing. <laughs> so then, yeah, Game of Thrones, there we go. <laughs> Did you watch Game of Thrones? No, actually. <laughs> oh, all right. Great segue, Ash. I watched, okay, I watched one episode. And that was actually just, the I only se- know the that series that's finale. A, no, no, no. I know. I only know that's a quote because of all the memes on, yeah. on social media, but I just never watched it because I really don't watch a lot of TV. Like I don't really have time mm-hmm. to watch a lot of TV. So I just never really got into it. And I know like all of America watches it. So this was, oh my gosh, not that long ago. Maybe it was August or July. I think it was one of those months we were in Myrtle beach and we were, it was raining. And so we're like, Oh, what do we do? And Sean and Corey were like, Oh, let's watch game of Thrones since you've never watched it. And I'm like, all right. So we watched one episode. I think I can watch stuff like that. The first episode. Yeah. Like the first, maybe the first, and like second. the pilot, like the first season, first episode. Yes. Okay. Um, where like they chop some guy's head off. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that stuff's fine. It's weird. Like there's a lot of weird things. I'm like, I can get past this, but I don't know if other people could get past it. So, so Game of Thrones is a lot of death, basically porn, mm-hmm. and a lot like fantasy in the sense that there's dragons, but it's not fantasy like Harry Potter or right or it's it, there's not as much fantasy as I think people think there are. Like mm-hmm. I think like Lord of the Rings, it's more fantasy. Yeah, and I don't watch Lord of the Rings, so it's a bad example, but. Game of Thrones, I think, is more medieval than anything, yeah, yeah. and they just happen to have dragons. I mean, I think the weirdest part about the first, and I don't know if this was the first episode or maybe the second, was like, I think a brother and sister were together. Oh, yeah. And that was like, I'm like, well, that's weird. And then they killed those dogs, and I was like, okay, I can't watch this anymore. Oh, because the they killed the dogs. I could watch it again, but that was really sad. I had to cover my ears. So I knew dog, what was coming. Like, are you like a big dog person? You have yes. A pet, you have a dog, right? Yes. And I honestly, I wasn't really, I didn't even know that a the term dog person existed until I got one. But I'm definitely a dog person. Like a dog now. mom kind of thing. Yeah. I so I've always had a dog growing up and like I like dogs. I hate cats. I hate cats with a passion. Mm-hmm. Um one I'm allergic to cats. I'm allergic And they mess up your showings. I saw that. I hate I hate <laughs> I hate cats. Um but dogs I like dogs. I am allergic to most dogs again she's part of my not like full-on love of dogs mm-hmm. i don't get i really don't get super excited when i see dogs like mm-hmm. people like i don't like oh, i want to pet dogs and stuff part of it's because i'm allergic so i'm like kind of sh- like gun shy i feel like you've cut you've shut yourself off from it yes i have a dog 
I'm not as emotionally attached to the dog as my wife is. Mm -hmm. And I've never been with any of my pets. Like, it's nice to have a dog, but then... You treat the dog like a dog, don't you? Yes. Dog, like to me, like the dog was in our bed for the longest time and that ship has now sailed. A dog will never sleep in my bed again. Wow. Because I, not doing it. Like a dog, like to me, a dog is a dog. And I know, I know people are like... The dog's like part. You're gonna like, get some unfollows. It, on oh, I know, here. <laughs> I know. That's fine. But like, I'm just speaking my my truth here. So, but it's the idea that people like really like dogs are part of the family. Which don't get me wrong. Like, if something happened to one of the dogs, I'd like I'd probably feel like upset about it. But I mean, it, to me, I look at it as like a dog's lifespan is only so long, mm-hmm. and like most, I would be fine like the next day getting a dog. Like if I was like I'm not the one that. Do you feel like like I know some people will go like a year without getting another pet? Mm-hmm. Is it like I'm one where it's like, okay, well, we got another dog. He needs a friend. Let's go get another dog to fill in. Like, I know it sounds bad, but it's just kind of like my... Hey, that's just you. Yeah, my closest dog was my first dog. who He lived to 16, and I was 14 when he passed. So you, he was with me for 14 years. Mm-hmm. That one was the only one that we were kind of like, eh, but like we had a new dog within like a week. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up... And then she's been with us now. She's still alive now. Wow. They're little shih tzus, but... Um, yeah, our, we have a Boston Terrier. He's a good dog. He's a very like well trained. He's fun. People love him. But to me, he's a dog. I gotta feed him. I gotta let him out. Yeah. He shit all over the house the other day because he wasn't feeling good. Which I feel bad for him because obviously you don't want him to feel bad. But right. like for me, it's just like uh, I, I would. Long story short, I if it was my choosing, I would not have a dog. I would not hmm. have a pets. Yeah, and part I'm of like it is I don't have opposite. Yeah, part of me I don't have the time. There's no chance in hell we will not have a dog because right. my wife loves him and my kids obviously now yeah. love him. But I mean, I. So I actually feel like, and this is probably weird, but I, I know that it's not that weird because I think a lot of people also feel this way. I feel like I'm Remy's actual mother. Like if I didn't know any better, I would say that I gave birth to her. <laughs> okay. Well, you didn't, but we're going <laughs> to no, burst your bubble, Ash. We're going to burst your bubble. I think it's like, it's- the, the like so there's something called oxytocin, which happens between a mother and a child, but it can also happen between a pet. And so... I don't know. Like, I just, I love her so much. Like, I, I can't explain it. Do you, does she sleep with you? Yes. Does she ride in your car? Yes. Does she, does she lick your face slash mouth? Um, like kisses? She's not really a kisser. Like, you know people like actually kiss the dog and their tongue's like all over their face? Like that. I mean, I don't kiss her tongue, but But you know she, what I mean? Like if you're all of a sudden like giving her a kiss and your tongue's just like all whacking, like you, she gives like your to- her tongue goes in your mouth. Or oh, yeah, yeah. Face, I like, don't like that okay. when that happens. Like it doesn't happen very often because she doesn't really kiss. Okay. Because some dogs yeah. do that. And I'm like, that's so gross. Yeah. Ugh. Um, She does like she'll lick your face like once, but she's not like she's okay. not big with that. And her, I don't know. I feel like she's. She's perfect, so it's it's fine if she licks my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it, like so, going like with time though, I thought I wouldn't have time for that because it's a lot of work. And I remember when we first got her, I how had, old is she? Uh, right now she's three. Okay. And we got her when she was eight weeks, and I we had her for three days, and I sat on our stairs and I started crying because I thought I cannot give. I felt like I was giving all of my attention to this this animal mm-hmm. and I didn't eat for three days. Like I feel like I imagine it's what it's like for a mother mm-hmm. when they have a newborn. Yeah. So my all of my attention was on her. She was crying all the time, I'm trying to figure out why she's crying. She wasn't sleeping, so I was sleeping on the we were sleeping on the um porcelain tile 
on in the kitchen next mm-hmm. to her, which we didn't even think to maybe have an air mattress down there. We just slept on the tile because she would only stop crying when we were next to it mm-hmm. or move it into the bedroom. How about that? But anyways, um, I, I didn't eat for three days. I, I don't know. It was like crazy. And I sat there and I cried and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, but then I just, it got better. Yeah. People don't talk about the eight week old puppy. They talk about the dog that's trained. Yeah. Well, it's like a newborn. It, one of the hardest things you'll, if you ever have kids, one of the hardest things to do is sit there in bed and listen to your kid cry. Mm-hmm. Cause what we did was the kids have never slept in our bed. So we were always, they have the room we've since our son, we tried to put him in our bedroom in like a bassinet, like the first night mm-hmm. wanted nothing to do with it. I think by night two at home, he was in his crib and has slept there ever since. And our daughter day one, we came home, she was in her crib and but you go through, we haven't had this really with our daughter yet. She's too young. Our son, we went through this where you have to just let them mm-hmm. cry themselves to sleep. Yeah. And it's so tough because they just sit there and they're crying and they're crying and you want to go in. But at the t- at, it's you're basically, it's whatever they call it, self-soothing or whatever. You got to let them yeah. get themselves back to sleep. Yeah, so definitely. my son will wake up and he might have like a night terror and he'll be crying. But within minutes, he puts himself back to sleep. And mm-hmm. he's just, he's not relying on mom and dad to have to run in and see him. Now, mm-hmm. granted, if it gets like too long, we'll go check on him. But I think that is hard to do because you're just sitting there. And like when you have, you know, a kid, like everything goes to like, like that. that's your attention. Like that's literally mm-hmm. everything. And it's weird because I think when, what's that thing you said between a mother and a kid? What's, Oxytocin. What is that? <laughs> it's like a. Is that like a hormone kind of thing? I think or is it's. I, I think so. It's like something in your brain that happens when you. I think it's. Um, oh my gosh! What am I trying to say here? Like you know when people do drugs. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it, like the oxytocin, like the feel good, the feel good. I don't know if it's hormone or I think it's a hormone. Because I, I find I, the couple of things I found when I had kids. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. No, you can. Yep. It's fact check it. So w- what happened though is I remember when I, we had our son. It was kind of like a blur for like a week, you know, mm-hmm. and then it kind of got a little, not super easy, but you got more comfortable and, and things and you kind of started to get into a semi-routine. But I found that as soon as I had a kid, like freaking like Papa Bear came out, not like Papa Bear, like helicopter parent, but just like, this is my kid. Now all of a sudden, like I, I joke with people, but I went from needing like eight, nine hours of sleep to now like I'm a king at sleeping six hours or before mm-hmm. I couldn't function. And I, it was like the oddest thing that things just happen now. I started working harder. I prioritize stuff better. It like it's crazy how that responsibility of having someone that completely relies on you completely yeah. changes everything that you do. And not like meaning like I don't do anything fun or don't do anything, but that's see, like I, brings out your intrinsic motivation. Yeah, but exactly, your focus becomes different. And same thing. Like yes, I would love to be home right now playing with them, but there's a lot of things that I'm doing to set us up in the future where mm-hmm. I will have more time. Cause as much as I, like I said, I, I don't want to miss the, cause you talked about working, setting our hours. Like I don't want to miss school functions. I don't mm-hmm. want to miss their major milestones of life yeah. because I have to ask somebody for the day off or anything. Right. So, but I'm, I'm working to get in a position where we can do that. So that's where like the, the, the fathering instinct that's, so yeah. I don't know if guys actually have whatever you just said oxytocin <laughs> yes but the guys i think do get something because oh I, or did you mean intrinsic motivation the no. oxytocin oh yeah, yeah yeah i have a so give us a, give us the fact All what's right. the real thing well this says why is oxytocin called the love drug oxytocin is known as the cuddle hormone but that simplistic 
I don't know, something glosses over the complex role this hormone plays in social interactions and bonding. It's sometimes known as the cuddle hormone or the love hormone because it's released when people snuggle up or bond socially. And this is usually between a mother and a, uh, like a child. Yeah, like a mother and child, but you can yeah. have it between like a human and a dog. I've read about that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oxytocin. Yeah, that's funny. Um, but so going back to what you were saying, um, you have to, so you are healthy. You're young. Are you talking about me personally? Yeah, you. It's two and a half <laughs> weeks of, uh, watching one but, of you. you know, in yeah. general, yeah, yeah, in general, yeah, yeah. um, you have to work now while you can, because there, you never know what tomorrow's going to bring. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like you're staying late, you're working, but work now while you can, because you might not be able to one day. And you never know when that, when your one day is going to happen. It's, it could be sooner than someone else's. It could be, you know, later than someone else's, but. Well, I think kind of going back the, the beach house analogy you talked mm-hmm. about, like a day at the beach is the beach house. Like I'm not, I'm not one where like, I'm not one where I am very materialistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one like my materialistic stuff that I purchase honestly goes like, I got pumped to buy a new computer and pumped to buy a new camera mm-hmm. because it made my job either better or easier Mm -hmm. um i'm not one like people like certain cars or people like certain like watches or fancy things like i'm not like that because i i'm so into this like working that this like anything i buy like fuels what i'm doing here um but we talked about like working now like i've worked my ass off over I, I'm not even going to say eight years because I've been doing real estate for, this was nine years. This is my ninth year. Geez. I have, I've, I've really worked my ass off in real estate over the last probably three to four years. Mm-hmm. And part of it was the growing up stage of like slowly, because you, like you said, it's hard at 2021 20, when you have pretty much no expenses. Mm-hmm. You don't really have a lot oh, going life on. life is so different. Yeah. Like, and like I, I love it when college kids come up and tell me they're too busy. I'm like, don't, no, 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 no. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me you're busy. You have nothing going busy on. Busy is I, a busy. We need to stop, um, romanticizing busy. Mm-hmm. Like busy's not good. Well, that's why I always tell people, I'm like, you're busy. Okay. Well, I don't have time to do that. It doesn't sound good. Yeah. I'm like, how, how much, how much time today did you spend scrolling through Instagram? Yeah. Uh, let me check your phone right now. How screen much, time. Let's see. Yeah. It. Let me see your screen time because, and I'm not gonna like my screen time is completely like off the charts high, but I'm on my phone every day. You use social media for work, and that's yeah. and I'm calling people, I'm texting people all day long. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of texts I send in the day is more than people I would say probably send in weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the the whole idea is that I'm doing all this work up front now i'm jamming my schedule i mean i was up like i said this morning at quarter of five till i'd probably go to bed at quarter after 10 and i say like i'm on the entire day like i haven't spent i haven't watched tv mm-hmm. yes did i watch a youtube video while i was stretching and did i watch a youtube video while i was eating lunch at my desk a hundred percent what was i watching i wasn't watching like crap tv i literally was watching there's a chain i was watching like um i watch either you know people of business either whether it be a vlog, whether it be a presentation, whether it be learning how to do something. So it's like personal development. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, that's, but that's me. Like my, like when you say like, how do you relax? Like I like golfing. Um, I was very big into golf and I wish I could play more. It's mm-hmm. too time consuming. So I don't play nearly as much as I used to. So my like relaxation time, honestly, is h- hanging out with the kids mm-hmm. um, or doing stuff with friends on like the weekend. But like Monday through Friday, like I'm grinding day to night mm-hmm. and really my day to day. I mean, my, when I look at my calendar, like, it's just nonstop all day yeah. long. And, and we talk about following and time blocking. Um, but my thing is I really know what I want to accomplish 
and actually I had a really big epiphany today. What was that? Like a real big one. Mm -hmm. Basically it's, it's an epiphany of like, cause okay. So back up. So I was 21 or 22, whatever. I was very new. My goal was by the end of my 10th year to be the number one agent in, on our board. Like, I had sold three homes at the time. I had no clue. I had no blueprint of how I was going to do that. I think, and I think this is what I want to talk about before with you, but we'll just kind of glance over. It's just that self-belief. Oh, yeah. Um, so one of the things was i am just always been a grinder. Mm-hmm. I like working hard. I'm not the most skilled. I'm not, like, I wasn't the most athletic. I had to work for everything. Like, mm-hmm. I just was one of those kids that um, I knew my only way to have success was just be through putting my nose down or head down and kind of just getting mm-hmm. stuff done. So for me, my 10-year goal was completely soul, like myself centric, like me centric in the sense I, I had nobody I was working with. I was basically my independent contractor days. I was, that's it. So like year to date, if it stopped today, real estate, I would accomplish my goal in year nine. It would be a year ahead. I will be close. I may not get that done in year nine. I might be two this year. But I'm sure as hell going to try for number one next year. And then I can say and check off my 10-year goal. Mm -hmm. But about two years ago, I switched my 10-year goal to basically a seven- or eight-year goal, which is way more Mm office-centric. The thing I had today, the epiphany I had, was now how am I going to create my long-term goal, which is like – it's probably 50-year goal, realistically. It'll probably be 50. Mm -hmm. And – my 50-year goal of really growing the area of our, where we live. Because my, my big thing is when we talk about like local matters and real estate, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, kind of like you said, like you can come to Plattsburgh and learn, and then you can go and go right back to Long Island, right back to Rochester, back to whatever country you're from, and come and learn all your stuff at Plattsburgh, and then go. One of my big things right now I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm really trying to work on is how do we integrate the college more with the local community? Mm-hmm. I know there's some. There's not. I don't believe there's enough where we really get to assimilate both. Yeah, no, I feel like they're, it's separate. Exactly. And the problem is when you have somebody that goes to college, that comes here for four years, understands the area, and then all of a sudden, because why do they go back home? They're done college. It's because they have nothing lined up. Like, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to go move back home. Mm-hmm majority of kids do that so how do we leave a position where the kid because i have a couple interns right now from plattsburgh how do i get them to want to meet as many people as i can and then say hey plattsburgh is not that bad of a place Mm -hmm. i may want to stay around here and maybe i can get them a connection to get a job or something so my my that's one of my my things i want to do there's another thing because a lot of it has to do obviously a lot of things I want to do will require financing, like financial stuff. So I'm trying to obviously accumulate as much wealth as I can. Again, why I'm young and healthy. Mm-hmm. And I had an idea of semi how I'm going to be able to do that. And that was like an, like kind of like a moment where I was like, okay, I know what I want to accomplish. Now it's kind of in my head of mm-hmm. how I might be able to accomplish that, which is cool because it's like a big chunk. Now, granted, it's like a big draft. It's like a rough draft. Right. Right? Dump, but then I'm going to fine tune it. And things change. Ten years down the road, my goals will be roughly the same kind of goal, but it mm-hmm. might have a little bit different pathway because between technology, between life circumstance, between whatever may happen, mm-hmm. that could deviate a little bit. Um, but when you talk about like that grinding, it's like it's everything's a long-term goal where I think people put – a friend of mine told, told me this. You – overestimate what you can do in a year but you underestimate what you can do in 10 mm. and the re- basically the reason is like you can set a very like 
lofty goal at a distant horizon and know that you're going to get there step by step. Mm-hmm. Or you can sit there and be like, I'm going to accomplish this in one year and it's straight up there. And you're like, how am I going to do it? Most people fall short of one year goals. Yeah. Most people don't even come close to 10 year goals or completely surpass it. Cause they haven't, they haven't like dream big enough kind mm-hmm. of thing. So well, I think they have to do like, you, like you need short term, like less than a year, like mm-hmm. monthly goal. Mm-hmm. Like to be able to do yeah, that. I got one right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need to celebrate mm-hmm. along the way. And I feel like with a goal, you have got to figure out how to stretch it. Mm-hmm. Like then and what you're really thinking. So for example, if you have a goal to, and I don't even know if this is like a, a, a real goal, but let's say you wanted to sell 10 houses in a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you make that your goal, that's how long it's going to take you to sell the 10 houses. Yep. If that makes sense. Yep. So if you make it bigger or a shorter time period, then that original goal that you had, you're going to either hit it, like you'll surpass it or you might hit it. But if you would have just given yourself that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like stretching your goals, like it's, in, it's really important. No, I, uh, yeah, hundred percent. I, I have a, bo- I literally have a boards behind you, but it's on the wall. And basically what it is, it's all my sales from the last four years. Mm. And I make a tally mark next to all yeah. of them and I grow it and every year it's bigger and I have the dollar amount, I have the units, I have everything up there and I track it because I want to be able to look and I have a goal. My goal was 57 homes this year. Track number grows. Yeah. And right now when you talk about a full year, I have closed 52. So I have to close five. I have more than five pending. So I should in theory pass it this year, but it's going to take me almost the entire year to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that my goal almost because my goal was almost there. I realistically could close all those this month. So I might hit my goal in November, which is cool. Um, but it's the same thing. Like the, the one thing I have for you, like when you have a goal, so I'm assuming you have, cause the way you're probably wired and everything, you must have a long-term goal. Mm-hmm. You probably have like a, I don't know, like I'd say a 10, a five, a three, a one year, and then you just break it down. Like I have daily goals, mm-hmm. like um, whether that's a to-do list or projects, but like, do you, do, like, what kind of goals do you have if you don't mind sharing or you yeah, don't have no, to but and then also do any of those goals really scare you okay i mean they seem they seem yeah. lofty they mm-hmm. seem too lofty mm-hmm. so i think so i'll share my goals and then i'll tell you what why they become scary um i think so one of my goals obviously is to drive a pink cadillac it's like the epitome of mary Kay. like that's what and that's a level you can get to yes that's definitely attainable okay totally attainable um, I'm obviously not there yet. And it's been like, some people move quick. Mm-hmm. And then I think some people, so you either move quickly, you move slowly or you go backwards. So as long as you just keep going, mm-hmm. then, then that's good. And so that would be my, my next biggest goal. Um, there's a lot of little goals that come in, that come before that, but that would be realistically like, like that's like a yearly goal, like in one year. If I just do what I need to do, totally attainable long-term. So we have, there's different like positions that you can, that you can get. And one of like the highest position, it never really stops. It's not, it never really stops. I could just keep making up positions for you, but the, the title would be a national sales director. And I always set my goal to the one before that, because I feel like we give ourselves labels Mm -hmm. and like part, like one of the labels and I've done this activity actually before I think to myself, well, I don't look like a national sales director. I don't talk like a national sales director. I don't, you know, have all of these things like them. 
but you have to learn how to like rip that label off and replace it with something else. So I've always said it, the one before that, which is an elite executive, senior sales director. Um, and I don't know, like that's something that you just really have to have to figure out how to do. And it can be something as small as like, let's say I want let's say the pink Cadillac. One of my labels could be like, this isn't actually one of my labels. I don't believe this, but I don't, I don't look like a pink Cadillac driver because some people actually say that to themselves. Then there's no, there's no cookie cutter person that looks like that. That's just a thing that we tell ourselves, mm-hmm. especially women. Like women are totally oh, yeah. different than I, men. Yep, and I, I can, I have like come to this conclusion over the past couple of weeks because I'm also the vice president of a women's networking group. And so we have PP. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We have Plattsburgh professional connections mm-hmm. on Thursdays, which is mostly men. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's, I would say there's seven, only three women. I'd say 85% men. Yeah, there's only yeah. three three out of 26. Mm-hmm. So whatever that comes out Is to. Is that 85%? Is it? I don't know. Oh. I'm just guessing. That's pretty good. Um, and then the women's networking group is just women. And it's I've this has been over a year that I've been the vice president for that one. Yeah, great. And they are two completely different animals. Two completely. Like men basically take the emotion out of the goal or their business. Like they're so emotionally managed where women are so emotional that they take things personally. They, um, have labels on themselves. Like men, men might have labels, but they figure out how to work past it. Like they Mm -hmm. just like, if you have a list of things you need to do, you just do it Mm -hmm. where let's say you had to, you know, call 10 clients today women, you're going to just do it because Mm -hmm. that's what you want to do. Women are going to be like, well, maybe she's busy or maybe she's going to be annoyed if I call her. Maybe she's not going to like me because I'm calling her too much. Like they just, yeah, they just think too much about it. Yeah. (laughs) And it's crazy to see the difference. Yeah. I, yeah, I I guess, I I mean, I think there's more, because we've talked, I talked about this before with, I think Nicole was on this before, uh, Klein, and we had talked about the difference between men and women in the workforce. Like, Mm She she always looked at it like the way because she works at Casella also. If you've ever met Nicole, she can look the best dressed professional person in the room, and two hours later she's got shit kickers on and she's out in the like mm-hmm. doing yard work or in the woods or doing something. And she wears both hats completely like authentically. Like she's not faking either mm-hmm. or. She's totally extreme on both ends. I find that I just just take PPC. Every time you come in. Mm-hmm or Jen or whomever or, 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 uh, Suzette, like you guys all look nice. You all dress, you have different styles. Mm-hmm. I walk in, I change my shirt <laughs> or I change my pants or my shoes. Like mm-hmm. there's not much variety going on, but the idea is I can pretty much have like my uniform and I'm, I'm pretty laid back. Sometimes I just wear jeans and a V-neck. Sometimes I wear a button, uh, button down and, and khakis or, or dress pants, but we're pretty much the same. We're like, you know, girls going to like think like a wedding season. You have mm-hmm. six weddings. You have six dresses. You're not going to wear the same dress to each wedding. Right, but you could wear the same. Oh hell yeah! I wear I wear the same jacket to probably four of them. You yeah. know, and I wear maybe the same white shirt with a different tie and a different pair of pants. Yeah. I have like five of each, and I just mix and match and have different combos. Like a girl's got to buy a dress, got to mm-hmm. buy a dress, and I don't even know the difference. Like if my <laughs> wife was like, I I'm. I can't wear that. I wore that dress last wedding. I'm like, did you? I'm like, oh, who's going to know? Well, right. you probably all know. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but I understand that. Like I find in real estate too, we work with all the agents. So there's 140 agents. I have a deal. Most of the time I'm dealing with another agent from another office. 
And I find that the female agents get way too emotionally involved in the mm-hmm. transaction. Yeah. And it's not a negative, and I don't sit there and, you know, because they, they, there's some, I mean, most of the, our industry, majority of the people at the very tip top mm-hmm. are females. Mm-hmm. And there's only a couple guys that are really up near the top. And I'd say it's it's probably 60% females, 40% guys. I think we're getting closer than when it was a few years back. But so and obviously there's a benefit to it. But I do find that, you know, there's times that I will, I'm very matter of fact. Yeah. Not Clients, I'm different because some clients can take, you know, like the DISC kind of thing. Some people little need more handholding. Some can just hear it straight out. I'm very direct with agents because I don't have time to beat around the bush. Like I just trust that an agent can hear the information straight. Like, okay, um, they're pulling out of the, they're withdrawing the offer. They're pulling out of the contract. They're backing out, whatever. Something that's kind of like not the good news you want to drop on another agent, but I'm not going to sit there and beat around. I'm just like, here it is. Mm-hmm. And then I find that there's a couple male agents that I work with that are just like, all right, whatever, send it over. We'll just keep, basically we'll keep moving forward. Yeah. That's me. Like if someone says they're backing out, okay, great. Now I got to call a client who, the only reason I'm up mad about calling the clients because now I got to sit there and walk them through this process, which is not a fun process, but I'm cool. I'm already thinking what's the next mm-hmm. step. I do find some female agents sometimes get a little too emotionally caught up and they mm-hmm. get like, well, why the I'm like, I don't, I'm not, this is just the way it is. Yeah. Like, I don't need to, I'm not going to sit there and like, you know, give it to, you know, nice and sweet and all this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have time. Like, here's the information, figure mm-hmm. out what to do next. And it, again, it's just personality. And I never look at that. Like, I hate calling a female agent. Like there's, we have so many great female agents around here, mm-hmm. but that is, that is something I, yeah. and I find. And then also, like I said, the dress part, hundred percent, I can get yeah. away with, you know, I mean, you know, a normal business man dresses yeah. versus girls that have a million different outfits that have to match mm-hmm. and things like that. So I totally think there's, there is a difference. There's more stigma also put on your appearance, mm-hmm. especially in your industry mm-hmm. than there would be on mine. Right. Well, um, I mean the thing like with my industry, for example, I have to look like a beauty consultant because somebody's not going to take advice from me mm-hmm. or buy a product for me if I don't look the part that it has a lot to it's do like with it. It's like a gym trainer. It's out of shape. Exactly. Yeah. It's or a exactly doctor it. who's out of shape. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it does have a lot to do with it. And I mean, I obviously like Mary Kay was a company that was made by a woman for women and we're all about empowering women. And so I love being able to mentor women on how to manage their emotions, you know, on how to do all that. And it doesn't take away. Like, I think, I think sometimes, I don't know if I should be saying this, but I'm just going to say it. If it's real bad, I'll edit it out. Oh, okay. I usually don't edit. You're, you're <laughs> no, okay. It's not bad. It's just that I feel like sometimes women are too worried about trying to equal themselves to men mm-hmm. that I, they take I, away the feminine like the feminine pieces of them which part of that is emotion and mm-hmm. not to you know we don't need to get rid of our emotion but just teaching women how to manage it properly the 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 one thing with like male females this is what i look and, and i'm very much does the person is the person the best for the position mm-hmm. that's the way i look at it there was a law i think passed in california that said that every um publicly traded company had to have a female on the board. Mm-hmm. Two things that are, pro- are wrong with that is one, if she's if she's not qualified to be on that board, then she shouldn't be on it. Mm-hmm. But on the same token, there's more females in the world than men. It's like fifty one forty nine. Mm-hmm. It's very close, but there's more females. If she's better, she should be on that board. Should be all like if say there's nine people on the board, there should if. The, nine women are the best fit there should be nine women on the board and no men and i shouldn't expect that there should be a law to put you know a male Mm -hmm. on that board because to me that doesn't mean anything and i mean some would say that's 
male privilege. <laughs> like you've to, already felt that way. Yeah, like if it will. But if I know what you mean. I yeah, totally, like I if, agree. But yeah. I'm saying if, if the person is the best person, like right. then, like that's the thing. Like I love looking at my stats in real estate because the person that I've been chasing for the last three or four years is a female and she's a kick ass mm -hmm. realtor. She does great. Mm -hmm. And I do not belittle or try to tear her down or anything. I'm just like, how can I get better? How can I up my game to outdo her? Mm -hmm. it, that could be a man, that could be a young woman, an old woman, right. a young man, old man. I don't care. I just look at the numbers. She's better than I am right now. Mm -hmm. How do I attain that level? And that's what I always try. Like I have, our office right now is probably 75% female mm -hmm. between agents and staff and everything else. I see way more females throughout the day than I see men. It has nothing to do. I mean, they're the ones that wanted to work here. I think we have some incredible people here. Some of my absolute best friends are females and but they're really good. Like that's why like I brought you on not because look, oh, I got to give Ashley some airtime because she's a female that like no, like right. the stuff that you've said, you your mind and thoughts and process is better than 99% of people out there. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with who you are, what you look like. I mean, obviously who you are, but I'm saying it doesn't matter like who, what you what you look like or anything like that. Like you could be not even like how you're dressed, but it's like the mindset you have, I think is more powerful than anything else. Mm -hmm. I, I came in with a stigma of like, I'm a 21 year old selling homes. Who's going to listen to a 21 year old sell homes? I See, that's I a 15. label. That's a label you but, put on yourself. But, but yes, exactly. Cause when you're talking about that, I totally did. Mm -hmm. I, I did that until five, five, six years ago. And I'm even getting to the point now where I still have, I've still put a ceiling on myself in certain aspects because I just think that I'm still this young kid that doesn't mm -hmm. deserve. And then I look at him like, no, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I have a, I have a lot of confidence in myself and I also have the track record to prove it. And, mm -hmm. and I've even looked at in our office, I'm 29. I have people asking me questions that are 10, 20, 30 years older than me, but legitimately asking for my help. And it's not because, um, you know, and I went to this event a few, uh, about a month ago with brokers from around, us and canada and it was like seven or eight of us and i had people that had been in the industry for 30 to 40 years asking me questions on mm -hmm. things they didn't know yet and i didn't look at it like oh my god this old like an old person like they were answering just as much about stuff i needed to learn right but it was i got up like my thing was always breaking through that ceiling now i feel confident talking to anybody like back when i started it was still like should i call them mr so-and-so like no you're a peer now you're like once you hit that level like I'm not going to go to a person that's 50 years old and be like, Hey, Mr. Smith. I'll be like, Hey Bob, what's up? Like, right. but that's how you got to talk because now once you get past high school, like you're not a kid anymore, right, like you're exactly. an adult, but you still have that stigma that you're this young mm -hmm. person. And my, that, that was hard for me. That was, that was a mm -hmm. barrier that I had to break. Um, and I've, I've broken it now, but I, I'll, I'll tell you like going, I'm very big on going like networking events. Mm -hmm. When I go to the chamber of commerce, I'm intimidated to talk to a lot of people. And what's funny is a lot of them know who I am now. And I think a lot of it is just, I don't believe that yet. Like, I don't believe that I've been able to work my mm -hmm. way up to the point that now people look at me as a subject expert. Like I, I got invited, um, a few years back to a round table with, um, assemblyman, uh, Billy Jones. He invited me as like the real estate guy. And I'm like, there's 140 other agents. I'm 29 years old. And here I am going to an event that's a bunch of business owners a bunch of like a guy from, I mean like a pretty cool like thing to be invited to. Like I still kept the letter cause I think that's a cool thing to look back mm -hmm. on. But to me, that's always validation that I'm doing the right stuff, but I still got to get over the fact that I still feel like I'm like a teenager. Mm -hmm. So it's like, man, I'm, I'm turning 30. Like I'm definitely in the thick of everything mm -hmm. right now, 
but it is tough. I do, even as confident as I am in myself, because I have a total self-belief. I'm very, like, I don't get down on myself too much. And mm-hmm. if I have a bad day, it's a bad day. Next day, I keep plugging. Right. Like, but yeah, that's Yesterday something. ended at midnight. Yeah, I mean, and it's even like calls. It's like, mm-hmm. it could be a split second call or something, or it could even be a dumb decision. This morning, I, I woke up, like my perfect morning, I like getting out the door at a certain time. There was a couple things that derailed it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was more of like, like you kind of get pissed for like a split second. And I'm like, you know what? If that's the worst thing that happens all day, I'm going to have a good day. And it was yeah. like just staying in the positive mindset the whole day. But it's tough. Like yeah. some, I think I take one thing that, you know, like, do you like do meditation or do anything? I've tried and I cannot, like, I would love to learn, but I, I tried it and I can't relax my mind like that. Like I can't stop thinking. Do you find, do you find that you have a good headspace like on a day-to-day basis? Yes. I feel like if I didn't, I wouldn't be here. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I, I find one of my strong suits, like people like the self, like the self-help gurus and they like, you know, affirmations and, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong. I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. I've actually started to consume less because I'm in such a good mindset that I don't want people to fuck it up. Yeah. Basically, I'm like, I know what works for me. I know what I want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I know how to accomplish it. I think I'm going about it in a very well-mannered, ex- like um, uh, ethical way mm-hmm. that I don't want anything to really screw with my brain in the sense that it makes me act or come across differently than what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think my most powerful attribute is just my, my, like just my head, mm-hmm. my head space, which, and I know people struggle with that. Like mental health right now is a major issue in our country. Right. And I, it's one of those things I've, I, I never like think more of myself because of that. Or I think less of somebody cause they, they struggle. Like for me, I almost like count my lucky stars that I'm like, okay, I, I am a person that has a pretty good level head. I can read people very well. I have, you know, I have a, things I want to, I always kind of like, I want to improve. I don't want to just like stay stable or not stay stable, but stagnant. Like I always want to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I was wondering, like what, cause one of the things you posted the other day, I'm going to call you out on this. And I think it was great is you posted something cause we'll talk about social media. Cause I love social media yeah. for, for certain reasons. And one of the ones that you posted, which is kind of why I'm kind of pushing you into this corner is that you talked about accepting, kind of accepting who you are and not looking at, because social media, like you talked about, was a highlight reel. And I think what totally you, I think what you had posted was the fact that like, don't dwell on what other people are doing mm-hmm. because other people are pushing out the very best of them mm-hmm. and for you to kind of run your own race. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. So I feel like this happens a lot and it's like a growing thing where people are looking at social media and they're looking, they're, they're comparing themselves and they might be in a Valley, let's say to somebody's success or the mountaintop that they're on. And that comparison game is the death of joy. Like it is the absolute death of joy. And if you never post like, yeah, people are real on social media and they might post like they're you know, their mess, their messy house, or they might post, um, I, I don't know, like their kids throwing a tantrum or something, but let's say you're a mother and you don't see, you only see like the good birthday party or, you know, all of this stuff. You just compare yourself. And I think with business, we do that all the time. Cause we follow mentors. We follow people who are successful in our line of work 
and we compare what we're doing now to them and we can't forget that they were once where we are. Like they didn't skip it. Mm-hmm. You can't just skip ahead. Like they went through the same struggles. They might not have been posting it on social media. And there's a really great picture um, that you've probably seen with the apple in the mirror. And they take a picture of the apple and they say, this is what you see on social media. But the back side of it is where it's bitten mm-hmm. and it's all like rotten back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's true. And I mean, I've been guilty of that before, like, you know, following things and being like, wow, why am I not where she is? Or, you know, we started at the same time, but I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not here. And you just really have to keep your head down, swim in your own lane, and you cannot pay attention to what everybody else is doing. Like, it, it all depends on you. I, I find that maybe guys do this. I don't know. Females definitely, they look at, like, the Kardashians and the Jenners. Yeah. And like, oh, my God, why am I not, like, well, I, don't, I don't even know their names, Kim and... I'll, Kylie. Is that, like, the little They're, ones? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not a... Yeah, my current events are terrible. But the... Uh, or pop culture. But, so, people look at them. And I'm like, okay look at the the one like i've i've seen their social media pages for the pure fact that i like i see what people are watching because i like consuming that kind of stuff yeah i don't follow them but like yeah i went on someone posted about it so like why is how many people actually follow this person i'm like a hundred of my friends follow you know was it kylie kylie, kylie jenner, jenner yeah i don't know who she is i couldn't pick it out of a lineup <laughs> i don't even know what she does yeah. but i know she, a lot of people follow her so then i'm like the problem is people will look at that and her she was a product of the success of her family right and that's purely it because she's probably what like a teen 20 i think she's like maybe 21 now okay so she's a young girl like Like, i mean she's very young i mean 21 i we have some 21 year olds here that are kids you know but then you look at like go back and look at the old photos of kim kardashian in the 90s yeah it's completely two different people yeah and but and and not to trust me they've built an empire like i i I do not look at the kardashians and be like Oh, screw them, blah, blah. I'm like, I mean, they've, they've worked for it. Yeah, exactly. And I, and, and one of my pet peeves is people that hate people that are successful. Right. I cannot stand it. If someone's mm-hmm. successful, do not try to tear them down. Exactly. I, like, I agree. I talk about like the rising in real estate. Everybody at the top of the list is someone I strive to be or surpass. Mm-hmm. And I do not want to talk shit about them. I don't want to tear them down. Mm-hmm. I do not want to do anything. Like I want to get there just purely on hard work. I want them to play their best game. I play mine. I come out on top. Like that's always how I've been, mm-hmm. how I was in sports. I remember playing in literally that I played in the state championship game my senior year. And I thought before the game, when I was warming up, one of the most calm I've ever been for a game. And I literally in my head was like, I hope they play the best game that they can play. I literally thought this about the other team. It wasn't like I hope they screw up. I hope they miss the goal. I hope they're. I remember. I remember saying this or thinking this in my head. I'm like, I really hope they play the best game they've played all year, and I want to beat them because yeah. I know if we did that, then we've earned the right to. Like, I don't want to win because they scored an own goal and we won one nothing. Like, I would have felt so shitty about that win, but we we fought hard and actually earned the earned the win. And like, I felt so like that is more. That to me is better. Mm-hmm. So, the following the highly on social media like one no not everybody's given the gift of you grew up with a family at the time frame of that family right exactly like the mother of chris jenner yeah so her what was she doing 20 30 40 years ago right you know what was her 50 years ago when she was probably 20 years old i don't know how old she is now but say she was 20 what was she doing at 20 she was probably doing the same job. She was probably checking people out of a grocery store. I mean, realistically, this is what you got to look at. So that's why people, they, they want stuff too quick. So when I look at social media, 
one of the guys I follow all the time in social media is Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge, I don't know if you know who he is. Um, you should follow him. You'd love him. So he he's like this massive social media guy now that everybody follows and business guy. And people like flock to him like a rock star. He's talked about it. He's like, listen, he goes, I've been working in my family's liquor store from the age of 14 to the age of 33 or something like that. He goes, I worked every hour of every day in a liquor store to build that company up. And I did it every single day for 14 hours a day, every single day. You're seeing me at 44 years old where now I'm hanging out with, you know, rappers and movie stars and all these people are coming to my office Mm -hmm. to get my advice. But he goes, nobody knew who I was 10 years ago. He goes, look at me 10 years. Like he posted a photo the other day of him with Jay-Z back in 2011 like getting a photo with Jay-Z at like some event and Jay-Z is just kind of like whatever, just hanging out there and like kind of like here's another kid. And now all of a sudden you have rappers going to him asking him advice on business. Mm-hmm. And but and he was literally all those things. He's like, yep, I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was doing. Like it's all the byproduct of what you've been doing. Like for right. me, the new agents coming on, you see what I'm doing now. Like people are like, man, a lot of people know you. We see you on social media. You're running a podcast. Like, where was I five years ago? Nobody knew who I was. Where was I nine years ago when I started? I literally didn't know what the clue, nobody knew who, mm-hmm. nobody knew who I was. I didn't know anybody. And, but again, it's just like every day I'm working 10, 12, 14 hours a day to now, the, I call it the snowball effect. I was rolling a snowflake. It's a slight edge. Yeah. I was rolling a snowball, or I was rolling a snowflake. Now I have a snowball, mm-hmm. but it compoundly grows. So Every year, my growth compoundly gets bigger. So that's why my 50-year goals are like the ones you're like, oh, could I pull that off? But I just know the the work I'm willing to put in, and I know that I'm not trying to do it by next year. Right. Yeah, there's a really good book that's called The Slight Edge. Um, And it talks about that. Like It's basically everything that you do daily, it has that snowball effect, and it just keeps going. So as soon as you stop doing those things, you're going to go backwards and the slight edge works both ways. Like yeah. it'll work backwards on, on you too. Well, I think one of the things it's like when you rest on your laurels kind of thing, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm good. And again, I kind of take this from a Gary thing. He goes, you're only as good as your last at bat. Meaning like if all of a sudden you start being bad, you're going to get booed off the stage right? and, or a comic, like a comic still got to kill on every stand up because somebody in the crowd hasn't seen you before. And all of a sudden like, well, they suck. And then all of a sudden they tell their friends, they suck. Like, you always have to be getting like my thing is I always have to be getting better. Mm-hmm. And for me, there's two purposes of that. One, I've set the bar in my head that that's where I have to be. Nobody else is setting that bar for me. It's purely me. But I, yep. again, we talked about being, you have to, I'm my, I'm my hardest critic or not hardest critic, but I'm, I might, I keep myself. What's the word? Accountability partner. I'm mm-hmm. my biggest accountability partner. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you have to, I I know that in order to reach that success, I have to be better than I was yesterday. And for me, I, and I know you're the exact same way. I have to have a goal Mm -hmm. and I have to always be working towards a goal. I can't get to the point and say, I checked that box. I guarantee you once I accomplish the goal of being the top person in our area, there'll be something else, a bigger thing. And it's already a bigger thing. I'm like, I, I, I've actually gotten to the point now where if I never hit that, I'm okay with it because that's what I've done now has allowed me to have an even bigger goal that's going mm-hmm. to affect more people than me singly. So even if I never hit that goal, I've I'm actually okay with it mm-hmm. because I know I Well, I my think my focus has shifted a little bit through growth right. in a good way. Yeah. And you've you've been basically 
pleasantly dissatisfied. That that's the that's the key is always being pleasantly dissatisfied. So you're happy where you are, mm-hmm. but you can always get better. Yeah, yeah, yep, hundred percent. But mm-hmm. I think, and I posted this the other day too, like looking back at yourself, like mm-hmm. one of the things I'm constantly in growth mode that I do have to look back and say, wow, like yeah. you have to appreciate what you did. Exactly. And I, I've I've done that a little bit this year. Um, our office has almost doubled their sales. We've doubled the amount of agents. We've done like we've done so much over the last year. But I'm so much like day to day, like hitting these little things. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're gonna keep walking that way for a year, and then you can turn around and right. like holy crap, it's we've gone. I've gone that far where every mm-hmm. step was like, what am I wasting my time doing? And I find that that's. And then I look at my career. I barely remember the first few years of my career because it yeah. seems so long ago. And but. It's, it was all these like little things and, and a lot of screw ups that I've learned. But you learn from mistakes. That's the that's the best way. Yeah, and it but I think it's cool when you talk about like the top person in your industry, like how how long have they been doing it? Mm-hmm. It's not even an age thing. They could be sixty, they could be fifty. Right. Or they could be someone that's thirty five that has just grinded their face off for mm-hmm. fifteen years or seventeen years yeah. since they were eighteen years old. Now you can come back to me. I'm just I have a like a really awesome Go for it. Oh. Um, I don't want you to lose the moment. Something that we've always said. So like in Mary Kay, for example, or any business like that, if you are comparing yourself to someone else, Mm -hmm. instead of comparing social media or what you're seeing, the best thing that you can do is to compare date books. Date books. Like a date book, an agenda, a calendar. Like compare that to to them. Okay. So does that make sense? Like. Love it. Yep. Because nope. then they're doing, you're, you'll see all the work that they are doing that you don't see. Mm-hmm. Like compare the date book. Don't compare like the picture or the success. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that. And, and I would even like to see a date book from somebody maybe every three years, maybe mm-hmm. less or more. Yeah. Meaning like what was your date day to day at 20, right. the 23, the 26, the 29. Or and, like if you're feeling complacent one day. You know, because people get complacent Uh or if you're feeling that way for a month, go back and see what you were doing, you know, when it was working or what you were doing. I had that exact thought this, literally this, so I had that thought this week and real estate is ebbs and flows and my last two to three weeks, now granted, like this back in the day, this used to be a month or two. I'd be like, wow, I had a really bad two months. Now it's like I had a bad two weeks, meaning Mm -hmm. two weeks, meaning sales and stuff. But the thing with real estate is I... You get times where I'm like, man, what was I doing wrong? And then I just work a little bit harder mm-hmm. or maybe not even work harder. Maybe just keep doing what I'm doing. Work smarter. Yeah. And then all of a sudden everything mm-hmm. just like happens because real estate, I find that a lot of times I keep doing all this stuff. I'm like, man, it's like digging for yeah, gold. See, I'm stay like, stay in motion. Yeah. Yeah. Keep and, it doing activity. Yeah. And I'm like, I, it's almost like I'm like, there's times I'm like digging, digging, digging. <laughs> I'm like, this sucks. But you're like two digs away from hitting gold. Yeah. There's a, it, there's, there's a like, picture on that. I think I've seen that the, the guy, guy quits and the guy's like chiseling. Yeah. yeah, and one guy like leaves early, and he's yep. like this far from the yep. the gold. And I th- I think that's what I do all the time, where we kind of go back to like the times where like financially I was like really scary, and um, those were the days where I'm like, you know what, just keep doing what you're doing and have faith in yourself, and just know that you're doing the right stuff. And even though it might seem frustrating, and you might have super doubts or be scared, like life works out the way it's supposed to. Right. And I'm a big karma believer. Like I have it at the top of my board, my whiteboard, like the oh, yeah. b- big thing of just doing the right thing over and over and over again, you will get rewarded. So for me, it's be positive, help people out, mm-hmm. do the right thing, work hard, don't waste time. And like, if I'm doing those things, just 
like the law of karma, reciprocity, whatever, mm-hmm. Scott, I just like go my It'll way. It'll come back tenfold. Yeah. And, and I've never, it's never let me down. It's been, it's, it's like blind, like you said, blind faith. Mm-hmm. It's literally like, I'm just blindly believing in myself, not knowing mm-hmm. if it's going to work out, but kind of knowing it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. It's like childlike faith. Yeah, exactly. And I, it works out good. I don't know. I, I think business is funny. Um, but I think that you and I share, we just share a lot of similarities because we're our own bosses. We like, we mm-hmm. run, we're like the CEOs of our lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, exactly. so now going back to the social media thing, you post, you post quite a bit on social media. Mm-hmm. Is social media a big thing for you? Like, do you get a lot of traction from it? Um, so here's the thing with social media. I use it not a lot. Like I would love to learn how to get better at it, but I feel like for me and we've just kind of always been this way, like in person building that relationship is key. So you can throw things out there, but that's really meant for you to get in front of the person. If that makes sense. Um, because that old school way of, you know, need a knee toe to toe with someone is going to benefit you way more, benefit them way more. You can build that relationship. So a lot of times I like to use social media because people buy people. People buy people. So like if someone's relatable to me or if they can see me, like, you know, see what I'm doing or see the music that I'm listening to or whatever, they see me as a person instead of what product do I sell? Because the product doesn't matter. I mean, obviously I love the product. I 100% believe in it. I'll, I'll guarantee it to anybody, but the people do buy people. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always something I've learned that people work, people do business with who they know, like, and trust. Yeah, exactly. And social media, the beauty of it, I, if I didn't use social media for work, I probably really wouldn't be on it that much. I'm not mm-hmm. a, um, I like not I like checking yeah. out, but the social media for me allows me to grow my network of people. Mm-hmm. It also allows me in a non salesy way to put myself out there mm-hmm. and say, follow me if you like it, unfollow if you don't, right, exactly. and I don't care. Um, and what happened is a lot of people get caught up in, you know, is this going to be a good post for likes? Like I post stuff. I don't get the most amount of likes. I don't get the most amount of views. I really don't care. I mean, I post, like I try to be as real as I can and mm-hmm. I post stuff that I believe in. I post um, you do things. a great job like at no, social media. Well, no, I appreciate that. But a lot of it is just, it's my, I'm just documenting everything I do mm-hmm. and I push it out. Like we're going to get us, we'll, we'll get a selfie before we leave. And I just post it and say, Hey, Ashley was on the podcast. Like, but one of the things I got to get better at doing, which I put down was about the negatives. Like I really should be focusing because everything's not like a highlight reel in my social media, but I should be posting more of like, okay, here was a hardship. Here was a bad mm-hmm. problem. Here was something I had to overcome. And I got to maybe start posting more of those so people can mm-hmm. realize like, oh, you know, he does, I mean, a lot of the day is problem solving and mm-hmm. there's issues all day long yeah. or things like, I don't want to make that call or I don't want to say this or do mm-hmm. that, or here's a fire I got to put out. Um, but if social media, one of the things I think would benefit you, mm-hmm. cause I've seen your page and I think there's a lot more you can do on your mm-hmm. pages. Like, yeah, I'm basically, so for me, I'm, I'm lost as to what to post on my page. So like I just post general things like, you know, quotes or pictures or whatever. But I did re I did hear from um Lewis, oh my gosh, Lewis House. Name? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um that you can sell things in your story. Mm-hmm. But to attract people to your social media. So like it's the finding a theme, like what, you know, what do I so, want out of this? Social media for you 
is because it's very visual mm -hmm. is you're branding yourself as the knowledge expert in your field. And I need that, to do more videos, don't I? You have to do a lot more. <laughs> yeah. I never do videos. I, I, can like... I can pick apart your social media. And the thing is, this happens for everybody. Yeah. And the reason is you have to put out to people, one, authentically you. Right. Because the one thing that you have is you have a great work ethic, work ethic. You have a great knowledge of the product. You are, I think, a very nice person to talk to. Like you're not, not weird. Like you're normal, which oh, is thanks. cool. Yeah, <laughs> you cross, you, you you pass that barrier. So, but it's the idea that you have to just put out you as a business person, and not even business person, but you as a person. Right. And I think you post a good amount of stuff, but I think you have to come across and say, hey, like every week, I know nothing about makeup. And it's tough because you're in a group of a bunch mm -hmm. of dudes that really don't know anything that you're talking about. But, <laughs> I know. Well, that's but, why I try to do. I try to do mostly skincare with that, but. which is fine. But you, but yeah. you, you know what you're talking about. Like mm -hmm. I just like, well, if I need makeup, I'm gonna talk. To my well, I should say my wife needs makeup. I know who to talk <laughs> yeah, to. Right. Um, if I need like you know eyeshadow for something, but but it's the idea that you have to promote that. And the good thing about you, the one thing I'm limited by from real estate is geography. I can, I'm only going to drive so far because mm -hmm. I just don't have enough time to drive all around the country and, and or around the state for you. You really could open it up to a bunch of different things, right? You should have a YouTube channel. You should have a podcast. You mm -hmm. should do all this stuff. That's super easy to do. And all you're doing is promoting your products. You're promoting. Um, I think you have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to just mindset. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this, you were out of everybody I've ever had on this podcast, you and I are the most in tune out of everybody. And it's because I guarantee, because a hundred percent, we are in a full on commission based job. We mm -hmm. have the same mindset. If you were getting into a commission based job, you are wired differently. Right. At the end of the day, you are the most competitive person you probably know. You are probably, you know, are such a self-competitive person, you know, you are a grinder. You are someone that has vision. You have a goal. You have self-discipline. You have mm -hmm. all this stuff. You have a desire to be better. Mm -hmm. You don't get that from most people. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you can go and promote is promote your mindset, promote the stuff that you literally everything you just told me about. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I would listen to a podcast on her just talking about time management. Mm -hmm. I would listen to a podcast on her talking about just you know, setting goals or setting mm -hmm. like that. Uh, we talked about the slight edge. Talk yeah. about that. I think for you, cause you're very well, good point. yeah, you're very mm -hmm. well-spoken. You are very articulate. I'm not the most well-spoken. I talk way too fast. I talk over people. I talk like I talk too long, but at the end of the day, like you, as long as you're putting out your beliefs and you're showing people why you understand the product. Cause we talked about, I hate sales. I hate asking mm -hmm. people, to buy stuff. I hate asking for donations. Well, I don't like to be sold to, so I don't, I don't like it. I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. Like I, I will use you if I know, like, and trust you. Right, and exactly for you to put yourself out there, the beauty of video is because people can look at you all day long and people can find out that's Ashley. Okay, great. As soon as you open your mouth and start talking, the, the amount of information someone can gather about you goes up tremendously, mm -hmm. whether it's good or bad. But what you're going to do is you're going to sift through all the people very quickly. And the people that really like you and resonate with you and the people that you probably want to deal with mm -hmm. are going to follow you and are going to stay in touch with you and are going to follow what you're saying. The people that don't, people are like, oh God, I hate, it's kind of like the the high junior high girl thing. Like I don't like Ashley because of whatever. Yeah. All right. They're not going to follow you. And in turn, you don't want to associate with them anyways. Mm -hmm. They have just a bad negative attitude. Like, mm -hmm. again, if you have a bad negative attitude about people, you just don't have, I mean, 
I, I'm not negative of people because no offense to people. I just don't have enough time to worry about them. Like, or right. care. No, I, I have, I'm the same way. Like, and I am not one of those people who, I don't know, like, I'm not going to complain on, like, I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Or I'm just not like that. Yeah. I don't have time and I don't no. care. And it's even like real estate. Like I know what people are doing, but I don't, and I don't mm-hmm. care because I'm so You're swimming in your own lane. I am so like blinders on like, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Like swimming in my own lane. Like I, if something happens, if something, this, that, or the other thing happens, it does not affect me. Right. Literally. I have such a game plan in my head of what I'm going to, what I'm going to accomplish. And I have such a good, I'm giving myself the time to do it and not overwhelming myself to do it that I will be able to accomplish it. And I think you're exactly the same way, but I think you have to tell your story more to people Mm -hmm. because what that's going to do is it's going to come across as way more authentic. Mm -hmm. You're going to become, you know, someone that's recognizable, but someone that people want to follow and everything like success start. Like I told new agents, you're in the business, you have no sales. Guess what? You tell people you have no sales and you're working hard to get your first sale. What happens is they find respect in that and they can follow your entire journey. My social media right now says, follow my journey on my, on my bio. And it's literally follow everything I'm doing because I'm 29 years old right now. Who knows how long this will be on for social media is gonna be around the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. Like check back in when I'm 49 right when i'm 59 and that's cool about that not from like a cocky standpoint of just like i know what i'm going to be able to accomplish because of what i want to do and i think you can do it and i'm really using that as i look back every once in a while scroll back through and i'm like wow i can't believe that post was that long ago and how much i've grown since that post even though that feels like it was just yesterday and i think if you can do that and put a face or put a voice and a personality behind the face Mm -hmm. people will resonate with that because you are even if you're not even if you think like I'm not the best, I'm not the, I don't look the right way, I don't sound the right thing, I don't say the right thing. Don't, again, I take this from a Gary uh, thing, um, is that don't decide for people. Don't mm-hmm. decide. Let the like let the market decide. Basically, put put your stuff out and then adjust once you get the feedback. Don't mm-hmm. don't already say that it's not going to work out good. Right. Because you think it doesn't. Put it out and see what people say. People might hate it. Well, scrap it. It's one one post, one video. Nobody's going to remember it after five or not even that five seconds yeah, anyways, yeah. and then put the next one out You're then right. put the next one out and it's going to polish your skill set. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been doing. My first God, five years ago when I was posting stuff, not good. My first videos two and a half, three years ago, not good. Mm-hmm. Way better now. I'm way more comfortable. Um, I know a lot more, but it's through time and time, 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 time. So uh, what time do we got here? Ash? I don't even know. 7.46. Oh, we got a little more time. But so is that something that you think you could start on? Yeah, I mean, I really like the idea of that. And it, if I think about the people that I follow, it's because they are like the video piece has a lot to do with it because you're right. Like you can see the personality, you can hear the voice. Like mm-hmm. I connect really well with people in person. And that's probably why I just stick with that. But I can be in person through social media if I do it the right way. When you first met me, did you already know who I was? No. Okay. Actually, um, it's funny. Um, I had only I had only heard of you through Cody Gordon's like you bought a, he bought a yeah. house from you yeah and I think I had a, I sent him a picture of you actually and I said isn't this your friend yep see there you go um, well, and now I had never heard of you before no that. that's fine because yeah. I, I don't expect everybody to but mm-hmm. the funny thing is and this this goes right back to my well see I had you were familiar because I had seen you 
on social media, which, which, which helped a little bit. Yeah. But, but to go back to when I first started, nobody knew who I was. And now a lot more people know who I was than I did back then. Mm-hmm. But more people will know who I am in 10 years. And it, cause it's a, it's a compound effect. Cause there yeah. were some people in that group that I, that came up to me after and had said something about, wow, your social media is really good. I didn't know who they were. Right. And that's happened more and more, but you're going to find that as you start to build your presence, people will start recognizing you and already come to you as the subject expert. Mm-hmm. And at least in my business, when I have somebody that reaches out to me on social media that says, I want to buy a home, I want to list a home with you. That's a great position to be in. Right. Exactly. One is they're coming to me. I already have the leverage in the sense that I've already got past the trust factor, um, the like and the trust factor. And it's so powerful where you don't have to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. You put you put your information out there, say, this is why you should use this skincare product. I mean, if you just sat there and I said, Ashley, come up with 50 topics around your business mm-hmm. or a hundred and you just really thought about it and wrote down everything and all of a sudden you're like, make a make a video on that. Well, it wouldn't be that long. It'd be like 30 seconds to a minute. Perfect. You mm-hmm. fit it all on Instagram, put it on Instagram TV, put it out on mm-hmm. YouTube, put it on LinkedIn, put it out. You should be on all these platforms. I literally, I'll give you a crash course. We'll, we'll, yeah, that'd be we'll, awesome. we'll get you into this. But <laughs> the whole purpose is to do all this stuff, be super, super consistent. And the thing is, and this is something you got to like audit your day. How much time are you working? And then think about how much free time do I have? I'm going to now take that free time. Like I say like real free time, not like free time that you're spending with family or friends or doing, you know, things that you want to do, but how much time do you have that you think that you're just filling with things that probably aren't the most productive? Like scrolling. Like scroll anything. It could be yeah. anything like that. Or, or I know there's times you do that or all of a sudden, you know, you know, watched a sat down and watched a TV show or just sat around and just kind of like zoned mm-hmm. out or took a nap or did whatever where you just did it because you had the extra time. Mm-hmm. Then take that same time. And again, this is just like on you to audit. Like you could say, okay, I easily could probably get another hour to two hours out of my day easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Spend an hour to two hours a day working on your social media. And mm-hmm. that could be video that could start with your phone. That's what I did. Now I have a little better setup, but I've I built up to that. Start, have a game plan. Figure out what you want to do. Have a strategy. Have campaigns. Have be super consistent because it's what people don't do. Consistency is key. Mm-hmm. And just come up with a plan and just be okay. So for an hour or two hours a day, or even hey, I know on Wednesdays I can spend three hours on social media, and Thursdays I can spend two hours, and Friday I can spend an hour, and Monday and Tuesday I can't. I'm too swamped. You put your times in, and that becomes social media time block. Mm-hmm. And that is you coming up with content. That could be you filming 10 videos, and then you learning how to edit 10 videos, and then learning how to distribute 10 videos. It seems daunting. It's not. YouTube, great place. You know, Go to yeah. YouTube, go to Google, you can figure everything out. And what it allows you to do is now between learning and between doing, meaning you actually put the, put the information out, and you go through the motions of, Posting, okay, post again, first one's bad, second one's bad, lighting's bad, third one, okay, now it sounds better. This is a trial and error. Everything we've done here is trial and error. I mean, think about it. This is my 54th one of doing these. Go back to one, two, three, four. Not as good. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the equipment was still the same, but things are better now. We didn't have headphones. We didn't, like, all these things I've added, but you're going to find, give yourself six months. You already know how to post on Instagram. Now mm-hmm. it's like, what's the, what's the, content i should be posting right. how can i grow my audience and i won't even go to the effect of getting too caught up on likes and growing your audience it will naturally happen and what you're going to find is i love it when i'm sitting there and all of a sudden i look and somebody followed me that i kind of know of 
that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Someone, like someone the other day, friend requested, a friend requested me, requested me on LinkedIn and this person is like, when I say like high up in real estate, like high up in real estate, some a level I would love to obtain, not from around here, hundreds of miles away, it, like connected with me on LinkedIn. Granted, could have just been them clicking through randomly through whatever, but part of me thinks maybe there was a little bit of a connection. They, they've liked some stuff on my social media. So it's like one of these like little steps, mm-hmm. like I'm to the point, should I just DM the person and say, this is what I would like, want to do. Like I want to, I actually want to get on a plane, fly there and shadow them for a day or two and I'll pay for everything just to pick their brains. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be well worth whatever money I spend. Yeah, definitely. And But for me, I've gotten that from social media, from that person. But now I'm slowly starting to get people that... I was on a, a conference call yesterday. I do it once once a month. with. Um, a, now we have three of us that do it. Two brokers that have been around. They're both in their 50s. They're both successful. And one of them was out at a conference in California and all of a sudden I'm sitting there and the guy that jumps on the conference call is the guy running the event that I didn't, I kind of knew of. And I literally told it to Nicole and she goes, wait, this guy? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, this guy was actually on my call yesterday for like 10 minutes shooting the shit with us about um, digital marketing for social media. Here's a guy that is followed by a lot of people that literally was on my phone, FaceTime on the call. I'm like, all right, great. Nice meeting you guys. And like, hey, do this, do that, all that. And like talking just how I did, like F this, F that, like like legit real dude. But, but I'm slowly in time getting my, like I'm getting these connections, which are cool. Mm-hmm. So for you, when you're like, I want to be at the level of these people, they're going to take notice of that. Because right. you're still super, I give you shit about your age, but I mean, you're only six months older than me. <laughs> yeah. But like, you're so young, you know, and it's one of those deals that, if this is like a long-term play for you, like, I mean, I, I'm assuming there's ladies in their 40s, 50s, and 60s that do this. Mm-hmm. And I bet you there's ladies in their 40s and 50s and 60s that are just like rock stars that you just love hanging out with. And are like, dude, you're 60? Like, awesome. I can't <laughs> yeah. wait to party like you when I'm 60 and like have that much energy. But if you start doing it now, all of a sudden, Ashley at 35 years old, you're going to like walk into like, I'm sure you guys have like national conferences and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like walk into the national conference and be like, oh man. Yeah, I, I've seen her before. She's the one that does the the YouTube videos and the podcasts and everything else. Because you can brand it to like your job as a Mary Kay beauty consultant or or senior sales director, mm-hmm. and then and just say like, hey, listen, I'm starting this thing. I know the product. I'm going to talk about it. Who's going to follow the people that like makeup or Mary Kay? You're going to get other Mary Kay dealers, and all of a sudden you're going to become this authority figure. You're going to walk into this event, and people are going to be coming to pick your brain about stuff. Mm-hmm. And now you already have that you have, you've broken down that barrier like this. And this is crazy. Cause this is how it works. Like, right. um, I've been doing it for five years and I'm now starting to kind of see the traction, but it takes time. But it's just like, if you're like, well, I love what I do and I can devote a couple hours a week to it. I mean, I, I you, you, I know you have time to do it. Like mm-hmm. everybody has time. You Everyone just prioritize it. Yep. Yeah. You prioritize the time. And if that means punting social media, scrolling for 40 minutes a day, then do it. Or if that means, and what's going to happen, and you're probably going to find out, I can't watch that TV show anymore because I want to spend my evenings researching how to get better at editing YouTube or editing videos to put on YouTube or put on LinkedIn or put on Facebook. Mm-hmm, or, exactly. So we'll, we'll deep dive into that. Cause I think you have a product and you can, you would do very well. I think you would do really good. Oh, thanks. 
So if you want to do it, you don't have to. No, I, I would think, love to. I think, I think you have the personality and I think you have the drive to do it. So, mm-hmm. um, Ashley, anything else you want to talk about? Not that I can think of on the top of my head. Did you enjoy doing this? Yeah, this was really fun. Um, would you ever come back on the show? Totally. Okay. Because uh, you were scared to come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. You were. Because I, I asked was. you. And I go, hey, Ash, you want to do this? And you're like, um, like, what do you mean? Like, talk? Like, podcast? I'm like, yeah. Like, you're literally going to sit across <laughs> from me. The same thing we do at P- uh, a little bit yeah. r- r- a little bit quieter than PPC. Uh, but you're literally just talking. You're I talking like about something that, that you like. Right. And I like that it's... It's just natural conversation, mm-hmm. which is a lot better. Yeah, I didn't. People always ask, "Do I prep for this?" I'm like, I prep by asking the person to come on the show. Yeah, that's it. I really didn't have much else. I mean, I know what you did, and then it just as you talk, it gets better. But right. um, no, I think we hit a lot of stuff. Um, I think you have a lot that you are going to accomplish, and I know we can improve stuff. Like, we'll we'll get you to be the pink Cadillac <laughs> yeah. girl. How long does that take to be? Like, what do you? What's your like goal to hit that? Um, so you have to, it's kind of complicated. It's basically you and the people underneath you have to sell, um, $302,000 over the course of six months of merchandise. Yep. Of product of product. So how realistically mm-hmm. knowing your growth, what is like a realistic time frame that you, cause I always think goals, they have to be, you have to the, be smart, realistic. the smart goals. They yeah. still have to be realistic. Yeah, so exactly. what, what do you think realistically that's, that's scary, meaning I don't know if I could hit it, mm-hmm. but I know if I do what I'm supposed to do, I will hit it at that point. I think for me, mm-hmm. um, realistically would probably be, I would say 18 months to, to two years. Oh, wow. So it's fairly soon. But something that would be scary, but possible if I just like just did it would, I would say a year because it would really? give me the, it would give me the six months before that to build up my like my client base, my unit, and then you kind of roll from there. So, are all your clients local? No. Oh my gosh, I have. So you have remote clients. Yeah, yeah, because we can work all over the U.S. So. Okay, which is why you should be doing more of. Yeah, this. exactly. <laughs> um, and last question for you: Are you someone that has strong like visualization? Skills? Like I can visualize my goal. Mm-hmm. Like yes, like what is it going to look like when I pick up the Cadillac? Like those are things that Do I. Do you think does that happen? Do you think about that yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like what am I going to wear? What is it going to look like? How am I going to feel? Do you already have your alpha picked out? I do not, but that's a good... But you know what I was thinking? This is actually what I, I had planned is I wanted to... Like one of my things was when I earned the Cadillac, I wanted to buy myself a pair of red bottoms. Red bottom. <laughs> Heels. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. See, oh, I'm, like I'm going to do it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that is. Yeah. So, that's, so that's, I, had the, I have that like as one of my goals, like just picturing that. So to me... And again, this is something that I've, I'm lucky enough to have is, and I know people do visualization, especially mm-hmm. athletes. And I'm sure a lot of people, like, I yeah. think that there's the Jim Carrey thing that he wrote himself a million dollar check dated and mm-hmm. he like actually could cash it at that time. Um, I'm not writing million dollar checks to myself, but I really see the goal like so tangible, tangibly, is that the word? Yeah. Yeah. So real tangibly that it's almost like I know I'm going to hit it. It's just mm-hmm. how am I going to do it? Right. And I, I think that's powerful. Huh? I need to pick out my outfit. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. And I just think that successful people, I think this is something they have that they don't force themselves. I think it comes natural. Mm-hmm. So like you already said, like, what am I going to, like, where am I going to pick it up? How is it going to feel? Like you're already seeing that. Mm-hmm. And I have the same on like my vision. Like I can already see it happening. Right. It's not fully, it's like I'm looking at it and it's kind of blurry. Yeah, it's like a I dream. It's like a dream. I can see, yeah. I can see it, but it's blurry, but mm-hmm. it's going to come in the focus more as I right. get closer. So yeah. Cool. All right. We're going to end there. Um, 
we gotta go. I gotta go eat. You gotta go to bed early by ten. Yeah, I do. So you can wake up. <laughs> um, Ashley, I appreciate you coming on. This was fun. Yeah, no problem. You uh, you did me. awesome. Much much better than you let on. So you're you're uh, <laughs> you were sandbagging us. But no, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, everybody. That's episode fifty four. Uh, Ashley, if people want to find you, talk to you, do anything, um, kind of plug your business and how they can reach out to you. Um, they can reach out to me. Do I do phone number? However you want people to contact that. you. Yeah, um, a lot care. of people contact me through phone number. So yeah, um, phone is 518-332-3216. Um, social media is beauty by Amory with two eyes. It's important. Um, and you can also email me. So you could email me at ashleymullermk at gmail.com. Um, if I remember to do this... Yeah. Um, Send me all your contact info. We'll just add it to all the show notes so people okay. can, like, easy to follow. Um, yeah, reach out. She's a great girl. She's doing some really cool things. Um, obviously, in the makeup world, but I think just overall, just you got a great mindset about you. So, um, all right, that's it. Episode 54. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.